to the Arms Race. This is the podcast where we attempt to determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history, currently by watching every Sylvester Stallone movie one at a time. I'm Kevin Keane. And I'm Mike Olson, and today we'll be discussing Rambo 3, released by TriStar Pictures on May 25th, 1988. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Richard Crenna, Mark DeYoung, Kurtwood Smith, Spiros Focas, Sasson Degay, Daudi Shua, Randy Rainey, and Marcus Gilbert. Written by Sylvester Stallone and Sheldon Lettich. Directed by Peter McDonald. Yep. I'm not sure if I pronounced those right, but I did my best. And, uh, this is a tough one. Yes. There's, there's actors from all over the globe in this movie, for sure. Yes. So, so yeah. this is my first viewing of Rambo 3. Yeah? So what was your take? Uh, not a fan. Really? <laughs> no, not a fan of Rambo it, 3. So you're, you're more in line with, I think, Rambo fandom in general. That uh, I would not... That... that is a phrase Mike Olson aligned with Rambo fandom is not uh, not what I would have expected. Okay, well, I I think this is one that is not highly regarded among Rambo fans. At least it, it, compared to Rambo two. Oh, I, I much more people, enjoyed Rambo two to this. Yeah, well, that one's kind of the tone of that one is a little sillier and more cartoonish. This is dealing with, I mean, that dealt with a real world situation also, but it didn't really take it all that seriously. Whereas this is taking. The situation that was happening in Afghanistan in the 80s pretty seriously. and It's in some ways more comedic. It's making attempts to be more comedic. Yes. I think maybe that's what it's trying to offset the seriousness of the action stuff with a little and bit of extra comedy. But. I, and it probably is a little bit unfair, but the, the propaganda aspect and just how it just doesn't hold up well when you, sure. you fast forward... It didn't hold up well then, because that's one of the reasons why I think this movie didn't succeed, is because the Cold War was thawing quickly in 1988. Yes. You don't want to dedicate this podcast episode to any gallant peoples? <laughs> or this, you know, I mean, that right there, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, to me, that really does not play well in 2019. Uh, I mean, it played even worse 10 years ago, but yes, you're right. I mean, it, I, it's it's very clearly making moral judgments about... Afghanis versus the Russians, and who who are good people and who are not good people, or gallant people and who are not gallant yes. people. And well, and not only that, I mean, you've got Troutman giving uh, a fairly, um, it's not even a speech, but it's a lecture, basically, on this is your Vietnam. It's, right. Man, we really, it's too bad Richard Crennan died, well, he died in 2003, so I guess he might have been able to warn a little bit, but... We really needed Colonel Troutman in about the mid two thousands because sure it's twenty nineteen yeah these, about these people have never been conquered and yes yeah yeah I mean people knew that at the time there were people raising those warnings Troutman esque figures I think but um, I mean what what I I think it's you can't turn back the clock if it didn't have that speech and in particular the. The, just before the credits, I'm like, oh, man, that just does not show well today. Oh, and no. it didn't show well a decade ago. I mean, that's how bad it really is, right? It's it's more than a decade. It's going on two decades. Of what? Oh, of, our, that- of the United States' involvement in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. Two decades. Yeah, but even before the war in Afghanistan, I don't think it played well. It's funny. This is one of those things. It's like uh, Bernstein Bears, Bernstein Bears. Are you familiar with that? What's that called? Well, I'm familiar uh, with the line of children's books. No, but there's a thing. Uh, um, um, shoot, what's it called? It's like people misremembering things, and then there's this like people who believe that there was like some like oh. alternate reality or something. God, what's it, it? What's the name of it? I can't remember. People, I'm sure some people know what I'm talking about. There, there's a certain segment of people who swear that it were the Berenstein Bears, or other people say it was the Berenstain Bears. 
it's actually Berenstain, but the point is people were just misremembering or just misread yeah. it or whatever, and they think that it changed. And a similar thing happened in Rambo 3, where there, there are people who say, they swear that they went to the theater and saw Rambo 3, and rather than saying, dedicated to the gallant people of Afghanistan, people swear that the movie actually said, dedicated to the brave Mujahideen fighters, like taking it even further. Now, apparently that's not true, it's just people misremembering? Well, yeah, in particular, that that's a pretty significant change. Baron Stain versus Steen? Right, that's not obviously a, very insignificant. Yes, and pretty easy to make that you know confusion right but sure but that's that's the example that people always use for this effect i've got i i, I almost want to look it up but right. we can't look up things in the podcast it'll it'll bring everything to a halt all right um but anyway yeah there are people who swear that the actual the message originally in theater said dedicated to the brave mujahideen fighters so i mean that's even more extreme time. yes i don't think that's actually true from what i was reading well we kind of know where i stand I, I can't remember going into this is this one of your favorite Rambo movies? It's not one of my favorite. I like all the Rambo movies to one degree or another, except for Rambo 2. And actually, when we covered Rambo 2, I actually liked it more than I had in the past. Okay. So, I, I would still put this a tiny bit above Rambo 2, but if I'm ranking the Rambo movies, and, and this is going to go up around the time Rambo 5 is coming out, or maybe a little before, I'm not sure how the time is going to work out. But suffice to say, neither of us have seen Rambo 5 yet, so ignore, cool. ignoring that, I would say First Blood is the best Rambo movie, then Rambo 4, then this and Rambo 2. And to be determined on. Yeah. Rambo Last Flood. Blood. Yes, Last Blood. I like this movie okay. I think it's... Let me put it this way. I think my biggest gripe with Rambo 2 is Rambo himself. He doesn't feel like the same character from the first movie. That is true. But he doesn't feel like that character in this movie either. No, I think Rambo 3... I mean, this may be something we'll have to dig into because it sounds like we disagree. But I mean, I, I, I think Rambo 3 does a good, a pretty good job pushing the character back towards the way he was in First Blood, it's kind of a middle ground. It kind of is trying to steer the ship, and it's it's a big ship. It takes time to move. But, you know, I, I think he feels much more, much closer to Rambo as he's established in First Blood. First of all, we see instances of his PTSD coming up. It's rare, but in the stick fight at the beginning, there's one shot where, I mean, I think Stallone's doing a pretty good job of portraying, like, he, he might kill this guy that he's fighting, and then he decides not to. But for a moment, you see it, and you see see the PTSD kind of on his face. Yeah. That's something, that's an aspect of the character that, by and large, Rambo 2 ignored, is the fact that he has this PTSD. And also, I like the fact that Rambo, at first, declines to come along on the mission, which seems truer to me. You know, the character in First Blood seems like a guy who doesn't want to fight anymore, but when he's pushed, he pushes back. And we talked about in Rambo too how he, Rambo was way too willing to go into Vietnam. You know, we both agreed. So I, I his the the flimsy. J- you want to get out of jail? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think this feels more like Rambo, especially the scene early between Rambo and Troutman, where they kind of talk about you may think that you can run away from who you are, but you're a full blooded com- combat soldier, and that's what you're always going to be. And I didn't make you this way. I just cleared away the pieces. And you know, I I think that kind of a dialogue. It works for me in a way that nothing in Rambo 2 comes close. I think it, it it's a movie that actually is about Rambo, who he is as a person to a degree. I mean, but halfway through, it kind of loses sight of it. And oh, it might even be more than halfway through, because about, to me, it seemed like two-thirds of this movie was just action scene from act to action scene to action scene. The last half of it is. But the first half is a, kind of a slow burn, and he meets like his contact there, uh, Musa, I think is his name. Yeah. And their interactions I really like, and I think it... It's, yeah, Musa is probably one of the stronger parts of this movie. Yeah, I think he's. I like that actor, and I think that's a good character. And his 
his interactions with Rambo and they discuss kind of, you know, it's obviously from the Afghani point of view, but they discuss what's happening there. And yeah, I I think the, the first hour of this movie is kind of fantastic. And then it devolves into action scene after action scene and they're okay. The action scenes, there's some are better than others, but uh, you know, uh, I, I would like, I would have liked to have a couple of, downbeats in the second half of the movie to like regroup and have some character yeah, moments there, there's none I you mean, know rambo and troutman talk some more I mean, there's really nothing yeah no uh, so for me probably the highlight is is that uh this clearly is what gave birth to hot shots part Deux. yeah so for that alone <laughs> it it gets some points with me i thought you would like that i the, the gif i sent you i texted you yeah. and it was from the it was such a low quality it. gif yeah. I, maybe that's why you didn't recognize it but the yeah the, there's a scene in hot shots for dude that is such a parody of the stick fighting scene in this movie <laughs> where he's dipping his hands in like jelly beans or something I, yeah. I don't even remember what the gag was but uh yeah i mean they do a good job in hot shots part do of recreating the scene from rainbow three it looks identical well yeah and then i remember charlie sheen you know Tying the bandana and all that stuff off. Um, so, if nothing else, I'm fairly certain what a bonus episode will be for sure. for our next uh, next break. It has to be Hot Shots Part Two. We did talk about doing UHF after uh, Rambo Two, and we never did it. No, so, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, we, bummer. We decided to come to start up uh, the new season. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we can talk about. I'm, I'd be open to watching Hot Shots Part Part Two. No, I definitely would as well. All right, you ready to get into this? Sure, let's get into it. What day is it? What year? All right, we are in May of 1988, May 25th. I was surprised to see the box office information on this movie. I would have thought not only would it have been bigger, uh, not on the budget-wise, because from what I had read, it was the most expensive movie made uh, at that time. Obviously, it has been significantly surpassed. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but it did not even open as the number one movie in America, which I was shocked by. Ooh, 1988. All right, hold on. So May 1988. Yeah, why don't you think on that while I get through? So a 63 million dollar budget, which this is a movie where yeah, I can see where they spent 63 million dollars on this movie. Uh, so that was the budget. Total box office was just on just over 189 million dollars. I that for a 63 million dollar budget. That doesn't seem... I mean, it was a success, but not a runaway success. Oh, yeah. This movie underperformed and was not very well received. I mean, it, Rambo 4 took another almost 20 years, so that'll tell you, you know, the demand for Rambo as the Certainly Cold War... faded, right. Yeah, it went away. Nobody really wanted Rambo movies anymore. Well, I mean, it, you got to a lot of things at that point, because for a little while, it didn't take as long, but MGM wasn't sure what to do with Bond, basically, after the Cold War. It was very difficult, and so, I mean... It it went in a direction that I liked, and I like I for the most part I like the Brosnan movies, but I, I nah, I'm not with you there, but fine, whatever. I <laughs> I like Goldeneye. I Goldeneye's you know, fine. I, Tomorrow Never Dies has its charms. Yeah, I, Die Another the last day, two, and the world is not enough. Yeah, world is not enough, and Die Another Day are pretty bad. But also, I think the reason why there was a gap in Bond movies is there were some legal issues going there on. There was, so. but I I a part of it is is that there's kind of like what do we do? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I'm my guess for what was number one, I think maybe the... I don't know if I'm right or not, but the movie I'm about to say, I think, Hold is on. the reason why the Rainbow series died. But go ahead. All right. I think you're L- wrong. Let me but guess. Hold on. Oh, oh really? really? Okay. So uh, for that 189, 53,715 uh, was domestic. And 135, just over 135 million of foreign box office from Rambo 3. Yeah, it's something we never really talked about on the Rambo 2 episode is it's... 
surprising in some ways, but in some ways not surprising how popular the Rambo franchise is outside of the U.S. Outside of the U.S., right. I, I, not knowing the franchise that well, I still was surprised. I, I think even if I would have known it well, I would have been surprised because it feels like an American. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like a propaganda, you know, type film. So it's surprising to me that these did play well outside of the United States and very well in this in this case relative to the domestic. Yeah, I mean, in some areas of the world, you can understand it. Like, I, I, I know this is a big hit in, for instance, Afghanistan. They love it in Afghanistan. So, yeah. like, you know, that's that makes sense. It tells them how gallant they are. Yes. So there you go. You know, I know in Eastern Europe and parts of like Asia, like Rambo movies are are and continue to be enormous even into the nineties where just like bootlegs and stuff, like for whatever reason in certain parts of the world. Well, I'm sure connected. some of it had to do with you know, distaste for the Soviet Empire is yeah. you know, in some of those countries it's probably like, Yeah, we'd yeah, like to see somebody give them their come up Good point. As soon as the, the Soviet bloc ended and all you know exactly. your Ukraines and yeah, th- yes. that part of the world, I'm sure they loved it. All right, so what is your guess that was the number one movie in America? I was gonna guess Die Hard. No, it was not Die Hard. But that that was eighty eight, so that's why I I, I, well, I regardless th- of whether it actually was number one, I'm curious to hear what it is, but I think Die Hard showed an alternate way to do action movies and kind of killed this kind of an action movie. I think you're right in a lot of ways, but I also think Die Hard was later in 1988. I, I Could be. Oh, I guess it was a Christmas movie, so yeah. It, towards that. I think it was no, like November is where yeah. I th- when I think, but the year was correct. I would hope they would have released it around Christmas, considering... Uh, I mean, I don't consider it a Christmas movie, but... <laughs> we won't get into that debate here. I do want to do a quick diversion since you brought up Die Hard. All right. uh, I was on a work trip. And got to do a lot of, I had to do a lot of driving. I was in L.A., Santa Monica, San Diego, a lot of in Southern California. Did have a quick detour, and I was able to drive past, um, I think it's the Fox building that is Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah, that's cool. It's kind of out of the way, right? It's not yes, near it, downtown oh, L.A. No, but it happened to be that where we were headed for a you know, work dinner wasn't that far. So who I was with that knows L.A. really well, he's like, eh, let do they let you in the building, or is it- I didn't? I didn't try, and I also did not circle around, circle around like Sergeant Powell. Yeah. Although there's a part of me that should have, especially since my rental car was a Mustang, which you I did had- not request, but oh. that's what they gave me. Yes. Okay, that's that's not bad. Driving your Mustang around Nakatomi Plaza—that's that's what I call a work trip. Driving there, driving down by the pier by Santa Monica. I actually had a bunch of places. If, we were if you were to. doing the lap around uh, the building, you would have to sing the weather outside. Oh, of course, I would, and then look up to see dum da dum dum. The light, you're right. Since I got no place to go. All right. Uh, it was not Die Hard. It is actually another sequel. It is Crocodile Dundee ah, 2. two. Wow. So, Rambo 3 couldn't compete with Crocodile Dundee 2. And it wasn't even close either. That's what was shocking to me. Now, this is Memorial Day weekend, so it gives a weekly and total gross. But the, So the total gross, Crocodile Dundee 2, just under $35 million. Rambo 3... Big delta between those two. Yeah, that's a rough opening weekend for Rambo 3. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't that far ahead. Willow was number three, and it was in its second week, and it was about 20.3 million. So Rambo 3 did not open that strong, so it's not surprising. It it clearly didn't have legs because it opened with, you know, about 24.5 million bucks. Only made it to 53.7. Did not have legs. It's amazing. Three years prior, Rambo 2 was the biggest movie. It was like second in the for the year or something like that. Yeah, like one so. of the biggest movies in the world. Nobody cared about Rambo 3. It's, it's amazing. Uh, so as I said, Willow was number three. Number four is a movie I don't remember. Colors. Don't know it. That was a cop movie. Okay. I think. Or no, no. 
I've never seen it. It's either like cops go undercover and gangs. It's like a gang, gang colors is what that means. Gotcha. It's, it's about LA gangs. So I, obviously I don't know anything about that one. Uh, number five. I, I think I've heard, I think I only know it because there were some songs on the soundtrack. Is cop killer on that? I think it might be Ice tea. <laughs> yeah. I think it might be on the soundtrack. Could be uh, number five in its ninth week in theaters. Beetlejuice. Okay. Uh, there is a Friday the 13th in theaters. Do you care to Jeez, guess? 88. I'm going to guess part six, Jason. Very close. Part seven. Seven. Okay. What is the, what's the tagline or not the tagline, but the six is, uh, um, Jason lives. Seven is not the one in New York. A new blood. The new blood. <laughs> is that right? Do you I, have it? I know it's not on here. Oh. That's the reason I'm asking. Well, now I want to look it up. You keep reading. I'm Wait, which one up. was the I, one? I need to know if I'm right. Which, which one was the one takes Manhattan? That's eight. Jason takes Manhattan is number eight. It just makes me think of Made in Manhattan with Jennifer Lopez for some reason. <laughs> number seven is Moonstruck. Not Moonlighting, but Moonstruck. Uh, I think that was a share movie. Yeah, that's a share movie. And Nicolas Cage, right? I think so. Number eight, I feel obliged to say it this way. Good morning, Vietnam. Can I tell you, I've never seen that movie. Really? Yeah, I need to see it. I've seen it once. I'm not a huge Robin Williams fan, though. Yeah, I mean, neither, but I've heard that's a good movie, so I should probably see it at All some right. point. Number nine, Biloxi Blues. And finishing out the top ten, uh, I think Christian Bale is in this, The Last Emperor. I think he's a, a child actor in that. No, movie. you're thinking of uh, Empire of the Sun. Oh, okay. The Last Emperor is a foreign movie. It's like Bertolucci or something like that. Really? I've never seen... I've seen Empire of the Sun. I've never oh. seen Last Emperor. All or right. is that Scorsese? I don't know. It might be Scorsese. It's a, it's a fancy pants movie. I've never seen okay. it. I just typed into Google, Friday the 13th, part 13th, which does not help. <laughs> Friday the 13th, part 7, The New Blood. I was right. I don't understand how you know that stuff. I don't think I've ever seen that one, actually. But I, I know I know at least the titles. I've seen most of the Friday the 13th. Whatever. It's I enjoy those movies. They're schlocky and dumb. All right. 1988-89 TV ratings. I think we've done this at least once, if not twice. So I I won't... We covered 89 a bunch. I don't know if we've uh, Now, here's the reason yet. why I know why. Because number nine is Empty Nest. And I know we've discussed Empty Nest <laughs> yeah, we have discussed many Empty times. Nest. To the point where I feel like I almost need to watch an episode of Empty Nest. No, you don't. But in the interest of that, I know that we should never assume that listeners listen to every one of our episodes, I will still go through the TV rank ratings just okay. in case people are only listening to this episode. I really don't think we've covered 88 yet, I think. Uh, when you hear them, you probably will think it's so. probably just similar to 89, that's all. Uh, number one show is The Cosby Show. Right. Uh, here's the reason why I know, because... The first time we did this year, we had it was right around the t- time the new Roseanne was running into into its issues because number two is Roseanne. Sure, okay. So we had good old Bill Cosby and Roseanne Barr at the top of the TV heap, and <laughs> nothing noteworthy to talk about for either of them. <laughs> uh, number three was a different world. Number four, Cheers. Number five, Sixty Minutes. Uh, number six, The Golden Girls. So I know at some point we've also discussed that, where I've purchased items. Oh, yeah. You think we've discussed The Golden Girls in this podcast yes. a few times? Yes, we have. We should have it on the soundboard. <laughs> should. Uh, number seven, Who's the Boss? Number eight, Murder, She Wrote. Number nine, Empty Nest. And number ten, I've probably said it before, a show I don't know, Anything But Love. I have no idea what that show is. I don't think that's ever come up on this podcast. I don't no. know what that is either. All right. So in the history front... Uh, I won't even bother with the S&P 500. Really? Yeah. Are you, I mean, you're giving up? I don't know if I'm giving up, but I'm just not going to bother today. 
What's going on here? Uh, have I, I worn you down, or have, uh, uh, what? I don't even know. Like I you, feel guilty now. You may be wearing me down. I'm just going to move on to May fourth. I wouldn't have even noticed if you hadn't brought it up. I could have just skipped over it, and I wouldn't have even noticed. But now I feel guilty. So you, may can, f- you can feel free. I've, ne- I've never once tried to stop you from... I, I will poke fun at it every time you bring it up. I've never tried to stop you. I can't take it anymore. May 4th, 1988. Uh, something I, had, I learned, I certainly had never heard about this before. The PEPCON disaster uh, occurs in Henderson, Nevada. It is an explosion at a rocket fuel plant, which caused damage nearly 10 miles away, including at McCarran Airport. Wow. Approximately $100 million in damage was done to the surrounding area. That must have been a pretty big explosion. Jeez. Apparently, rocket fuel might be something that uh, is combustible <laughs> and can do a lot of damage. I surprise, so. surprise. Uh, May 14th, pretty somber. Uh, in Carrollton, Kentucky, there's a bus collision. It is, uh, at the time, I don't know if this is still true, but at least at the time in 1988, it was the deadliest drunk driving accident. Um, there were 27 fatalities from a church group that was uh, traveling on an old school bus. The accident wound up causing changes in bus safety in a number of states, including Kentucky. Uh, the little bit that I read is that the rules that were applicable to safety when a bus was used as a school bus were different in many states, including Kentucky, when it got deconverted and became used for other purposes, including this church group that bought this bus. Uh, and some of it, they're, you know, the, the di- I think the diesel tank... Um, caught fire and that's actually where most of the fatalities were um and some rules changed that i think that they had to be like in a cage i've read a little bit but it's you know okay uh may 15th after i believe nine years of war the ussr withdraws troops from afghanistan nice nice timing rambo three yes Uh, on May 16th, the U.S. Supreme Court decides that searching garbage outside of a residence or domicile, if uh, you, you remember from Breaking Bad, sure. uh, does not violate the Fourth Amendment. So that decision ultimately made your trash free for the police to search to find evidence to be used against you. I wonder, I think this is the same year that the movie Dragnet came out, which had a significant section of the movie dealing with them sifting through trash. I remember that in the movie in 1988 is yeah, uh, the so. year for Dragnet. because I interesting coincidence. I think it's come up on one of my top ten um, box office for one of the movies we did in 1988. Okay. I, I have Dragnet on DVD and I haven't watched it in forever. I need to watch that again. You can do the entire song, right? Is that what it is from Dragnet? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's, yeah, we definitely have discussed that in the yes. past. Yes. I, I can do it right now. If I, if I can figure out... I just have to remember how it starts. That's the toughest part. I'm pretty sure it was on a Schwarzenegger movie is what yeah, we probably covered it on. The New York Times bestseller in May 1988 is Zoya by Danielle Steele, who just continues to crank out books even in 2019. I looked it up. She's still writing books. Well, you never know. with Because oh. sometimes... Those, An algorithm they, could be creating it and just putting her name on it? No, but they a lot of these big authors will hire ghost writers to just write them. It's, it's just they're just marketing their name at that point. <laughs> You know, that, I mean, honestly, that, that is really a, when you've made it, right? That's a real thing. Oh yeah, that's, that's absolutely when you can just you know farm out your name to other writers and let the cash roll in. Yeah, that's, you don't have to do a thing. I, mean, I think they probably, I would assume, Daniel, if she does that, I don't know if she does that, but if she does that, I'm sure she reads them and gives notes and maybe edits them a little bit. But yeah, that must be nice. The the last like seven Tom Clancy books were like that. Really? Yeah. Like, like wow. uh, I forget what his last actual book I was. I shouldn't be surprised. It's how, how naive I am. But Yeah, and you don't need to... I don't know why, like, legally speaking, you're allowed to get away with that, but you are. <laughs> F- 
farm out your name. Yeah. So with Stephen King, uh, oh, he he hundred percent writes his own stuff. Well, I was going to say that what's, what's he, he writes stuff under a different name. That's he what I was going to say. What's his pseudonym? Uh, Richard Bachman. Richard. So I wonder. Do you think maybe he'd farm if he did? Do you think he could farm out both? Oh, he could definitely farm out both if he wanted to, <laughs> but he doesn't do that. Uh, and then the Billboard 100 was One More Try by George Michael. I don't remember that one. I thought I kind of remembered I'm, how that song went. I'm sure we'd recognize it if we heard it. Yeah. All right. So that was what was going on in May of 1988. You didn't recognize that Jamiroquai song from last episode or two episodes no, ago? No. Or I was it not. last episode? I don't remember what order. No, I, it was last episode. I didn't, but I have a feeling that I remember that George Michael song. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I don't want to try and sing on this podcast because I'm so bad. Oh, maybe if you sang it, I'd remember my No, help. I don't want to do it. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on. You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. All right, the big picture. This is the segment where we discuss the plot of the movie. Yeah, uh, once again, very straightforward. I was going to say, you want to talk about laser focus. Yeah, there's a little complication at the beginning. You know, I, I like, like. Uh, we talked about it. I like the fact that Rambo doesn't go on the mission at first. Can I, so there's a little bit of a waiting game at the beginning, but once Rambo gets bit. going, he can gets I, going. Can I give my, my two-sentence two plot free, summary? Yeah. <laughs> I think this should just be the tradition going forward. Oh, I, you give your two sentences, and then we'll spend another half hour talking about okay. well, I give my, my summary, and it takes a half hour. All right, I've actually got three sentences on this one. All right. Uh, Colonel Troutman takes his talents to Afghanistan. Rambo is learning to be very zen in Thailand and is not interested in the mission. Troutman is no match for the Soviet Army, but the Soviet Army is no match for John Rambo. That's a very succinct <laughs> plot summary. That covers the whole movie. I think that's, that is actually very good. Uh, There's a little bit, because it actually does not give enough credit. and so I think some of the best... I think some of what this movie does best is the background and the scenery and showing Afghanistan yeah. and having actors, if not from Afghanistan, but at least of Southeast Asian, um, you know, descent. Occasionally Greek, but you okay, know, you're right. And and one it's one convincing. Greek it's convincing enough. Uh, that that to me, so that plot summary really doesn't give any credit there to that, right? So that it is kind of missing. That plot summary is good enough for the back of the VHS box. I oh, hundred percent. That's, that's all Whoa, you could you could have had a nice career doing that. I think <laughs> that was. I'm very impressed with the, how succinct that summary was. Right, well, it yeah. takes a movie like this that is just a rifle shot. Yeah. Well, as much as direction, there, as much as there is with kind of the the he goes to this Afghani village and all this. I mean, I I, I do want to cover it in more detail, but uh, when we get to the end, when we get to the body count. Those Mujahideen guys don't do much. They no. don't really help much. I mean, they're there and they're kind of presence. It's more to show you know, how unstoppable Rambo is, and also how cruel the Russians are. You know, that's, that's really why they're there is to be victims almost, which is kind of weird. So I'll just I'll pull it forward. I think I have it in in my notes. Uh, my comparison was it 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 felt like Game of Thrones and what. Really, in the last season in particular, the Dothraki, it's, yeah, we're going to have them, and it's going to be a big spectacle, but they're just going to get wiped out and not really right. do anything. It's not fair. Yeah, but at least uh, Rambo 3 has sympathy for these people, as opposed to Game of Thrones, where it's just like, oh, the Dothraki, yeah, go, go, go over there and die, Dothraki. Oh, they're dead. Because right, we there's no real grief for them. I guess we, there's a little. We, we need a shot where all of these, this flame goes out, so we're just going to do it. You're going to do it. Yeah. They just wanted the imagery. They yeah. didn't actually care about the characters or no. what it means for this world. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this movie is is sympathetic to a fault with the you know portraying this conflict in a, yeah. a, from a very specific point of view, which 
you know, I think that is a big fault of this movie is I think even more so than Rambo 2, I think this movie is propaganda because at least Rambo 2 had Murdoch and Murdoch was there to be kind of it's it, it you know, that movie wasn't 100% on the side of the US government. It was showing no. Murdoch manipulating Rambo bringing and betraying, his coke machine. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> betraying Rambo like Murdoch was a bad guy. In this movie, the equivalent is whatever Kurtwood Smith's character's name yeah. is. Oh, uh, was I excited to see Kurtwood Smith get redemption? He, he showed up. We just talked about him on uh, Staying Alive, yeah. where he showed up for like half a second. Yeah, but he didn't get any lines. I, one, <laughs> you just took one of my notes here is that uh, Stallone makes up to Kurtwood Smith by sure. at least giving him a couple lines in this one. That's true, yeah. But they met on Staying Alive because Stallone directed that, so yes. he must have hired him as an actor. Absolutely. And he must have remembered him. Stallone didn't direct this movie, but I'm sure he had a lot of creative control. Yes. Um, Peter McDonald was like the second unit director on Rambo 2, so they just like promoted him. Like, you, you just direct this one. Go ahead. You, you're already shooting all the helicopter stuff anyway. Just direct the whole movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kurtwood Smith's character, uh, I'd know the name if I heard it. Like Briar. Griggs. Griggs. Okay. Um, I was about to say Briar. That's like I couldn't have been more wrong. But his character seems like it's going to be the Murdoch of this movie, but then no, he's just... I mean, he kind of—he's actually a good guy. He seems like a good guy. I mean, he—I think maybe is manipulating. You know, when when Troutman gets captured, I don't think he's just going to. Hey, I'm just letting you know that your buddy got captured. He knows what Rambo's going to do. You know what I mean? But well, he it, does. But he, but he, yeah, he—it he seems like there's a dual purpose there that he legitimately was delivering the news. He was certainly hoping he thought things were going to fall his way, and that right. John Rambo was coming out of retirement. But there is nothing overtly duplicitous about him, even though I think. Much more clearly, this guy is CIA. Whereas Murdoch is like, I don't know what that guy is. I, th- I think Kurtwood Smith's character in this is yes, CIA. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, he's it's, it's just like, oh yeah, I'll help you get in. You know, And he's very honest with Rambo. He's like, we can't give you any support. We'll disavow you if you get caught, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, I'm used to it, whatever he says. That's the difference, I think, between this movie and Rambo 2. Rambo 2 did have some ambivalence about the U.S. government and the yeah. way it uses you know, soldiers like Rambo. This is just like U.S. interests are important. We must protect U.S. interests in in and the uh, U.S. Asia. knows everything and does all correctly. Uh, well, uh, the Soviets also know everything. I mean, they know that Rambo's coming way before he gets no, there. No, what I'm saying is that in terms of the propaganda message, the U.S. is all good in this movie. The Soviets oh, yes. are all bad. Oh, yes. That's absolutely true. Yeah. There's nothing, there's no ambiguity no as No nuance as, whatsoever yeah. in any of them. I mean, let's start at the beginning. It starts with a stick fight you know, where uh, Rambo's making some cash yeah. in Thailand. I, really? You didn't like I, that scene? No, nah, I wasn't a fan at all. I think it's okay. I mean, it's a kind of a fun action sequence. But after that, there's like no action for almost an hour. So at least it tied you over. It's like, all right, there's a fight at the beginning. Rambo's making some cash in this underground stick fighting, whatever. Uh, Rambo is a two-sport athlete in this movie because later he, he plays yes. the goat game. He's the he, Bo Jackson right. of Southeast <laughs> Asia. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That is good. <laughs> um, but yeah, he wins this fight and uh, uh, Troutman and uh, um, Griggs, Griggs are looking yeah. for him. To, to help well, and they see mission. him participate in this. Yeah, they can't. They they track him down to this Buddhist uh, monastery. monastery, and he's he which, likes it there. which apparently he's become a craftsman. Yeah, he's helping them build the you know new a new addition to the monastery. Well, what else is he going to do? He's a big, strong guy. It's, he's he's not going to help them like teach students Buddhism. He's he's got to help with his hands. That's what he's you know that's that's how he can help, and by raising cash from stick fighting. <laughs> I wasn't buying the stick fighting, but that's all right. I don't know. I, I like it fine. 
I, it was memorable enough to spoof in uh, that, <laughs> in Hot Shots Part Two. So. I'm not going to say it's not memorable. I just didn't particularly enjoy it. All right. So. But yeah, Rambo doesn't want to go on the mission. Yeah, and that is more. You, it is a fair statement from you that it is far more in line with the John Rambo of First Blood, that he at least puts up some resistance, and yeah, it takes Troutman. I'm not sure this mission that Troutman goes on. I'm not sure what they were trying to do and or accomplish. Well, they're trying to get Stinger missiles into this particular region. Because the movie does acknowledge, Greg says, like, I don't know if you're aware of the situation, but the tide is turning. Like, I think they knew when they were making this movie, like, the war isn't going well for the Soviets because the U.S. was giving Stinger missiles to the Mujahideen. And uh, so even by the time the movie was being made, but the story is that in this one particular region, some unnamed region in Afghanistan, the local Soviet colonel has strangled, yeah, he strangled all help from the outside. And so, yeah, I think the mission is just get supplies in because this Soviet commander is so good at not at gotcha. stopping. So it. that's why they picked Troutman. I think so. It didn't seem like Troutman had much of a force behind him either in this mission. No, and boy, does that mission fail immediately. It, it almost kind of makes you wonder if Griggs isn't really duplicitous, and he just set Troutman up. So, all right, we can't get John Rambo without sure. Troutman. We'll just make Troutman bait. I think this movie would have been better if there was at least like five minutes spent on Troutman's team and like oh explaining what their mission is. is Forty five seconds. Oh, it's yeah. I think that's about right. I mean, there are two scenes at the Buddhist monastery. There's there's Troutman and uh, and Griggs, right? Is that what it's yep. Like? Okay, Troutman and Griggs going there. Rambo saying no, and the scene we kind of t- touched on earlier where Troutman and Rambo have a moment inside the half completed like, yeah. monastery, and I, I like that scene a lot. Um, they leave 45 seconds of Troutman getting captured in Afghanistan, and then we're right back to the, the monastery again. Only this time it's Griggs going like, "I just wanted to let you know that Troutman got captured. Sorry about it." <laughs> and uh, the the movie needed to, because I presumably months pass in those 45 seconds, or at least weeks. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, who knows how long? Probably not months, but weeks, almost certainly. And uh, yeah, it's like the movie. It, it seems like it's the same day. It happens so fast. So I, I, I agree. I think, That's what it felt like to me watching it. I think they should have uh, shown some more Troutman and like, on his own because I think it would have landed. It would have been like a stronger punch to show. Well, the reason Troutman got captured is because Rambo wasn't there, and then when Rambo learns, like he feels guilty because like, if I had been there, he wouldn't have gotten captured. We have no real sense of that. Presumably, if Rambo was there, he would have gotten captured, too. I mean, Rambo's pretty awesome, but they were they just Wait. dead to rights. They were dead to rights, but they're in the wide open against tanks, choppers. It's not wide open. There, there were trenches, Doug. There's a trench, about at but... The end? Yes, but at first, they're wide in the well, absolute open. Also, I think... So all I'm going to say is that if John Rambo was there, absolutely not. He would have said... No, well, let's not jump to the end, but I think the movie is implying that they would have died if not for the cavalry coming at the end. They would have been killed. This Rambo 3 is not... It's it's a world where Rambo is incredible at his job as being a, a soldier, but it's not Rambo 2 where he's just invincible. I think there are a couple moments... He gets injured a couple of times in this movie. Like He's more vulnerable in Rambo 3 than in Rambo 2. Yeah, he's so vulnerable, but he can just light gunpowder on fire and <laughs> yeah. somehow heal himself. It's, it's trying to recreate the scene from First Blood where he sews up his own arm. That was... For whatever reason, a memorable scene, the thing that people remembered. So it's like, oh, what's the equivalent? What can we do now? And Rambo too, he was like made out of granite. He didn't get even when he was like taken to, you know, a POW camp and tortured. He seemed fine. 
at least in this movie, he's shown to be a human being that can be harmed. I, I, I like, I like this portrayal of Rambo. That's why I like this movie. All right. The fact that he gets injured and has to, yeah, he, he puts gunpowder in the wound and cauterizes it by lighting the gunpowder on fire. I mean, ridiculous. I don't think it's, I think that's a real thing. That's a thing that you can do in an extreme situation. You don't want to ever have to do it. I want Mythbusters to test that one out. I'm pretty sure that's, that's a thing that you can do. All right. People have done that. I mean, I don't know if all the way through your abdomen to the point where like it's flames are shooting out of both sides of his abdomen. (laughs) Maybe that maybe is a wound that you can't cauterize by lighting it on fire. But I don't know. I'm no, I'm no field medic. I don't know. Here's the, the key point is that, Troutman is captured immediately, mm-hmm. and so that that sets John Rambo on the path to becoming maybe not invincible, but the Tasmanian Devil is coming and is going to wreak havoc. Oh, he definitely wreaks havoc in Afghanistan. Yeah, I mean, he he accomplishes a lot. I'm not saying, but I, I you know, well, we'll get we'll get to the end in a second. But yeah, he he meets uh, Griggs's contact in some town. I, I did in ca- Pakistan. In Pakistan, yeah, I did read. Uh, I forgot to write my notes down, but like I, I did read that whatever that town that was, at the time was a play, like a staging hot, point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a hotbed of like, you know, CIA and KGB activity. It was like the town in Pakistan where you had to go to get into Afghanistan, and so yeah. it became this like nest of spies. And yeah. some um, things never change, right? Sure, but I mean that could have been a cool movie right there, of just being like, ooh, you know, intrigue in this town. No, he just meets the guy and he's like, okay, let's go. He gets called a tourist. Yeah, I, I like that moment. I, I really like uh, Musa's introduction. Well, I like that. And his question of, you know, if Rambo's been in combat, I did like, yeah, I fired a few shots, right? And he laughs and kind of looks around like, <laughs> a few shots. <laughs> a few shots. I, I just think that actor, uh, I forget which one he is. He's not Spiros Focas. He's, no. I think, he Daudi pro- Shuda? I'm not sure which, which actor he is. Uh, we can look it up, I guess. But... Uh, that that moment where he kind of laughs at Rambo being like, oh, I fired a few shots. But then also, I really love when he, he calls Rambo a tourist, or you lost tourist, and Rambo takes a couple steps towards him and goes, I'm no tourist. <laughs> and then and then the guy gives like a very sheepish kind of look and goes like, sorry. <laughs> and I just thought that was really like sweet and, and, and sincere. You know, he's just like, sorry, I didn't mean to. You know, it's not, it's not that he's afraid of Rambo. He actually does, is sorry. And it's like, you know, yeah. I, he felt bad insulting him. Rambo. Um, I just think that that character of Mosa is is really good. He's definitely one of the the best parts of the movie, without a doubt. What yeah. is not working for me the the villains in, in this movie don't work very well for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, there's not the best villains. Uh, Rambo as a series is not really doesn't have strong villains. It never does. Even two, which is probably the best. You know, it's not really about the villains usually. For the most part, I mean, I liked Brian Dennehy in in the first sure. in First Blood. Yeah, if you would consider him a villain, then yeah, he's the best. Yeah, he's just a guy. He's just some guy. He's cruel, and he runs a base. And he uses his attack choppers for everything. He does fly the attack chopper himself, which is apparently <laughs> a standard operating procedure for a Russian commander. commanders, both in 2 and 3. It's like, I must fly this gunship myself. myself. They, all, they you know, Both movies, they do that. Yes. He gets a lot of kills, this guy. Like This this colonel. He, he does wreck a lot of shots. He's hands-on. I'm going to be interested on the body count on this one because I must have really done a poor job counting because I'm nowhere near what's on the internet. So I'm going to be interested of what your your counts are. I didn't look at what was on the internet, so I don't know. Okay, all right. We'll, we'll get there. I counted one other thing. I don't know if you did. I counted explosions in this movie. 
Oh, I always try. But I, I tr- there are a oh, ma- <laughs> the number of explosions. Not, not people killed by explosions. No. Just the number of explosions. There oh, I'm very interested to hear. There are a massive amount of explosions oh, in yeah. this movie. Oh, they're on the desert. They don't have to worry about uh, like you know breaking windows ten miles away. It's I like- completely believe the sixty three million dollars they probably spent twenty million dollars just on explosions. Well, that's the other thing I really like about this movie is the spectacle. You know, it is a visual spectacle, and the fact that it's not CGI, I do appreciate that. I mean, it, it wasn't possible at the time, yeah. but I appreciate that those are real explosions. I mean, they could have faked it with models and things at the time, even without CGI, but they, there's no. very few, you know, kind of opticals or anything like that. It's, it's pretty much all in camera and real, yeah. and it's it's amazing. Like, the, the helicopter pilots in this movie they hired, like, boy, this is just helicopters flying way too low, the movie. Frighteningly low. I'm watching just like, oh, just think, it makes me nervous. Half of those shots make me nervous. I'm just like, that thing could easily crash. I agree, and it, re- it reminded me a little bit of when we discussed it on Terminator 2. Yeah. Taking that chopper underneath that bridge to me is still insane to this day. That's even worse because it's in a, a city with, yes. you know, like at least this is out in the desert where you're not probably not going to crash into anything. You can see the desert or the mountain coming from a mile away, so you're not going to get surprised. Like in T two, you could hit like a telephone pole and then you didn't quite see or like a power line. All like kinds of stuff that yes would be disastrous. But like man, the, the number of shots of like a helicopter, helicopter flying ten feet off the ground, if that, and then an explosion going off, and it flies through the explosion, and then like the the smoke curls behind it, and the, you know, mm. like all that just sells how real it is, and, and it's amazing. Yeah, I I don't have much else on the plot summary because of course John Rambo wins the day. Yeah, there's a lot more going on. I, I like the fact that because uh, Musa takes him to this Afghan village, like it's the last village that hasn't been destroyed or whatever. I like the fact that they plan out the they ha- they get together and they yes. say, oh, "Here's here's the, the layout." With Yuri, the Yuri. defector. I love Yuri. Yuri didn't he didn't make it. <laughs> uh, he did not make it, but I, I like his briefing. Where he's just like you know. There's guards here and here and just something about the, you know, like, there's a million Russians in movies. But I, I wonder if this guy, the actor, was actually like really Russian. Yeah, I didn't look it up. Because I feel like fake Russian accents in movies don't sound like this. Like there's something about the way this guy spoke that I just, it, it seemed authentic in a way. Not a lot of action movies have this where they plan out the what's going to happen and we've got to sneak into this base and how are we going to do it and there's mines here. And I, I appreciated that. And then the, the village is attacked, presumably because the colonel learned that... Not presumably. He, he gets the tip from... Some informant, yeah. Yeah, well, who... Because so, when Rambo goes to the village in Pakistan, he meets the first... I'll call it shopkeeper, I guess. That they're uh, selling, like, AK-47. Sure, yeah, yeah. And he ultimately is the one... He's the informant. Oh, do we know that for sure? Oh, yeah, because you see him at the Russian base. At one point, Rambo throws his giant knife at him and just misses that guy. He does does miss that guy, which I noted. Like, wow, Rambo, I think that guy survived. He did survive. He's the informant. Okay, he was the same guy in the shop at the beginning? Yep. I never, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, and it's, that's how the, the, the Russian commander knows where Rambo is at. Well, there goes one of my questions in the questions. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry no, I'm happy, I'm happy to have an actual yeah. answer. No, you yeah, didn't ruin so anything. That's a, that makes total sense. But yeah, the village is attacked to show how cruel the Russians are, and Rambo decides to press on, even though the rest of these people are going to go for the border. And he, he's a team of three. He does better later when he's a team of one, but... Cause of course, because he's John yeah, Rambo. Yeah, because he's John Rambo. But uh, their first attempt kind of fails. They make it all the way to Troutman's cell, but then he's got a million keys, and he can't figure out which key. And he only, I was annoyed. He only tried one key before he bailed. 
Well, he didn't have time. They, 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 their cover was blown. And he's John Rambo. He could have killed like twenty guys while trying a key. He probably could have killed some of those guys with a key. In this, I'm sure he could have killed them with a key. But uh, you know, in this movie, the John Rambo from Rambo Two would have would have just held off the entire base while trying key after key. <laughs> yes. I don't think John Rambo in this movie is quite. Uh, you know, he's he's a little more realistic. Well, it doesn't take him long for to regroup because. They retreat a little bit, and then he's right back at it, heading he back, right back for back Trout, Troutman. Yeah, we did miss, uh, we did skip the goat sport, which uh, is well, a, that was in the village. Yeah, they they welcome Rambo and they let him uh, play their their sport. Yeah, uh, which is a real sport. So I didn't know that. Yeah, we'll we'll cover some more later. Uh, I just wanted to mention it because uh, that's that's my Silk Coast art. So all right, can't skip over it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, they just escape. Like they fail and they escape and. Everyone's like, they, they've taken some hits. They're wounded. Yeah, Rambo. This is where Rambo gets the shrapnel, and they, they hide in a cave. And there's the, there's a kid that's tagging along, and uh, the kid gets injured. So Musa takes the kid to the border, and he's like, "You shouldn't go back. That's yeah, crazy." It, it, that, that, Rambo's like, "No, I'll do that." That injury effectively was the excuse to have John Rambo go back by himself, <laughs> and also the excuse to take off his shirt. <laughs> That was the it's thing true. that I noticed. Just like it's Rambo, he's got to be shirtless. In Rambo Two, it was because he was being tortured by the by the, you know in the POW camp. Right, they're really stretching for reasons for John Here's, Rambo. I got to rip off this shirt <laughs> to dress this wound. <laughs> Little Jimbo Jones, this shirt's really chafing you. Me, you mind if I take it off? <laughs> sure. I do like how prominent the scars, his POW scars, are in this movie. It's what is so. That's my first little detail. I, I I said I did give a lot of credit to this movie that the continuity for the scars from both movies for John Rambo. Sure. Well done. Yeah. And the continuity of his little jade thing around his yeah. neck that he got from Kobao, which I do want to talk about later. But I, I think that the scars seem a lot more prominent to the point where I think they're the PTSD and his history of, of being in PW camps, I think is more front and center here as opposed to Rambo 2 or they were trying to well, forget it. Yeah, and one of the scars that is front and center is the one from Rambo 2 that he took the, the knife to, to his face oh, sure, yeah. during the torture. So yeah, totally. I, I, de- I do give credit for them making sure that this world is accurate and not... He can be indestructible, but at least his wounds sure. from being indestructible still show that he took the hit. Well, he's collecting them over these movies. You know, we're in Rambo 3 now, so they're going to continue to accumulate as yes. time goes on. Uh, but yeah, he climbs up the the cliffs, and at this point, because they snuck in and you know accidentally sounded the alarm and and escaped, blowing up half the base while they were doing it. We skipped over all the C four they planted everywhere. Uh, but now all the base is emptied, trying to find Rambo, and he just doubles back and sneaks in, and now nobody, nobody's at the base anymore. So he's able to very easily uh, rescue Troutman. I wish that that was actually Rambo's plan. It's completely circumstantial, yeah. but it is an amazing plan to give the old head fake. <laughs> Everybody come running after Rambo. I mean, in reality, what they should have done was had Rambo go in by himself, draw them all out chasing him, and then just have Musa and the kid go rescue everybody by themselves, just walk in scot-free. Sure, yeah. Uh, or, or vice versa. But I, I think they'd, I'd probably, if I'm planning this, I, th- I probably want Rambo going in, actually being the one to rescue Troutman. Really? Yeah. But he could have had a faint because you've got this whole. I mean, most of the village is going to the border. I mean, he he brings four people. You could have brought like ten and had them like, you know, faint and pretend like they're going to attack and then flee and you know, I guess get the Russians to chase the, out. Yeah, I, to that's probably that's probably what I would. But have the, done. The, I think the reason why they committed so many resources is because the amount of damage that effectively one man did. So they're like, we need to go get this guy. Oh, if sure. You just had the 
the Afghani fighters, I'm not sure that he commits all of his resources. I think all the base cleared out because Rambo was just a wrecking crew while he was in the base. The colonel, the Soviet colonel, is very focused on Rambo. He's not interested in anybody else that escaped. I mean, Rambo crashed that guy's personal helicopter, so yeah, I'm sure he'd be pretty pissed. It's like wrecking his sports car. Yes. You know, he crashed my helicopter. I got to go. This time, Rambo actually crashed the helicopter, unlike Rambo 2, where it was all, uh, it was all a ploy. This time, so I'm going down. It's like I couldn't remember. I was like, "Is this another fake out?" Or no? He's a, it's actually crashing. <laughs> that this would time. be great if that was one of his signature moves. Right? <laughs> he fake crashes helicopters. Yeah, absolutely. That's his, that was the greatest skill he learned in Vietnam. I do have a note here, just going back a little bit, but I do like all the sneaking around in this movie, which is something that Rambo has not really done in the past. There's a lot of sneaking around when you know breaking into the base and kind of infiltrating. Both times, yeah. You know, they go through a minefield and they're kind of sneaking around. It, it's yeah, I, I, there's not enough of that in modern action movies. I, I liked it in this one. Yeah, they have that. They also have the retreat as well as going through the caves in Af- Afghanistan to first make it to the base itself. And the caves and the cave system, that's some of the reason why it's very difficult to win a war in Afghanistan is the caves in Afghanistan. They are deep and... Yeah, intricate. Very intricate, yeah. yes. This movie, give it credit, it feels true to, or at least plausible... To kind of Afghani culture and uh, the region, and I know I think it was filmed partially in Israel and partially in the American Southwest. Okay. But it looks like you know you, you always hear how rugged Afghanistan is, and you look at the terrain they're filming wherever they're filming it. It's like yeah, it looks yeah, it looks rough. passable. Yeah, um, yeah, it looks it looks like uh, I've never been to Afghanistan, or I you know, but it looks like what I imagine it to be. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Rambo and Troutman they escape, and they're trying to run to the border, and they're being pursued. Rambo breaks out the bow and arrow once again. Why you're shaking your head? This is just, Rambo's staple. It's his staple. I'm sorry. It's just so dumb. Why? I like I like the bow and arrow stuff. They descend into one of these caves, hiding, and a bunch of uh, um, what is Spetsnaz commandos go down there to chase after him, and you get another one of these quote unquote maiming sequences. This time. Like Rambo too, he's very much killing these guys. But you know, <laughs> it's one of these sequences that the Rambo movies like to do. You know, he's sneaking okay. around, killing them one by one. Here's my biggest issue: I the bow and arrow, I don't have an issue with, except for the exploding arrows. In particular, I've got it here. <laughs> you just had to buy it. It blew up a helicopter, yeah. and not only that, I, I, I you liked I, it in Rambo too, and he blew up a single man. <laughs> that was a great kill. That's great. This movie has a kill that almost competes with it, I think, but not, not really? the helicopter. The helicopter getting blown up by a exploding arrow. It's like, okay, well, we've seen this arrow before in another movie. Oh, I, I want to talk about that. I have something in my notes that I want to talk about, that, that helicopter exploding and the exploding okay. arrow. But that's not the kill I think rivals Rambo 2. There's, there's the big burly uh, henchman that Rambo really? fights. Really? You think that does? Oh, that kill is, I think that kill is really good. Because mm. he, he kills all the Spetsnaz guys one by one in a, sequ- in a maiming-esque sequence, and then... But just like in Die Hard, that guy... Well, actually, he isn't... He fakes like he's dead. He, he pulls a guy in front of him. That guy gets killed, and he, he falls and has that guy fall on top of him to make it look like it. And then he, of course, runs off. And then somehow makes it all the way out of the cave, all the way back up to the top before Rambo can climb up to the... I assume he climbed up that rope while Rambo was busy no, killing No, that guys. rope is way out in the open. Sure, but Rambo was busy. He was distracted killing guys with his arrows. Yeah, maybe. And other tricks. His uh, grenade traps. I'm going to tell you right now, no, I, I think Rambo 2, that kill, is ten times better than this one. It's better, but I, I think this one's close. Mm. The way that henchman dies is pretty good. I mean, it was really a bad end because nothing, nothing good was coming out of it. He was either going to... He was either hanging himself to death. Yeah. That's not what, himself, but he was either hanging to death 
or the exploding arrow was going to get him. That's what's great. Well, it's not an exploding arrow. It's a grenade. Rambo, oh, he's that's got right. grenades he on him. He pulls the pin and kicks him into a hole. Yeah, the guy gets killed twice. Rambo kicks him into a hole. The guy gets hung. And then as, as soon as like his neck snaps, he blows up because of the grenades. I, I, I love just the rhythm of it. It's just like... And I, I just think that's a really good kill. As far as action movie kills go, I mean, this is, it's kind of not... T- the tone of that doesn't match this movie, really. It's a little Looney Tunes. Yeah, it's, it's a little Looney Tunes. You're right in a way that this movie is not, but I still like it. All right. But anyway, they make it to the border, but then the colonel's the army is waiting. Anything he has waiting. left. He had, a, he had tanks that he's been sitting on. Yeah. He's got another chop. I mean, he's got more choppers to use. A fourth chopper. This is number four, I counted. Because, I mean, because it, it, Rambo blows up one during the village attack. He blows up one with the explosive arrow, just the one we talked about. He crashed one. This is number four. So is this commander really that good, or is it just because he has more resources than every other area Maybe. in Afghanistan? Well, it's you know chicken and the egg. He's effective, and so he's able to he keeps getting yeah and it's support. Just, I'm sure all the other uh, Soviet commanders are are you know floundering. No, they're they're just they're they're jealous of him because it's like well he only you know is effective because they give him four helicopters and these tanks and, and a lot of tanks yeah very and small base there's no way you could fit all those tanks and and the helicopter i had that question where all that stuff was parked yeah it must have been like you know he brought he called it in from nearby um i guess you do see the tank earlier rambo hides underneath it as he's he does that was actually that's one of my it's one of my i don't have a ton of notes that was one of my few notes that was a really good stunt i mean that yeah the stunt man that did that, that was an impressive stunt. I think a lot of this is Stallone. I'm not sure if really? he's under a tank. Yeah, I'm might not be a sure he's hanging a, I mean, at first, and he might have been dragged a little bit, but the long-term drag was not Stallone. That was a, that was a body. Maybe. It's a, a lot of it is Stallone. The, the shot of him on the horse picking up the, the goat during the, the goat game, that's Stallone, and yeah. that's a tough thing to do. That's like, true. You know, it's, he, I think he did a lot of the stunts in this. Uh, anyway, the the Mujahideen, the heroic Mujahideen, come to rescue them and save the day. And there's a fight, and Rambo but, Rambo <laughs> plays chicken between tank and helicopter, killing the colonel by ramming it with the tank. That's <laughs> got to be our first kill by tank, right? Rambo kills a couple of guys with the shells, but yeah, but by by like this ramming into it itself, yeah, by is it, maybe someone has been crushed by a tank at some point. I don't know, maybe it's definitely the first. Crashing, collision collision kill with yeah. a tank i mean that is preposterous that's not good that's not a good i mean it is it's visually lo- memorable it's and visually tunes as well it's kind of dumb yeah that doesn't fit i mean they're trying they're trying to figure out how to end this movie in a memorable way the problem uh, is they 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 did it once and they can't top it because playing possum and chicken at the same time <laughs> right Pretending to be dead to then use a rocket launcher to blow yeah. up the helicopter. There's no way you could top that. This is trying the, to, and it's failing. Yeah, this is almost mathematically worse because now he's only playing chicken. Yes. It's, before it was possum had, and chicken. Right, he had two. Yeah, two types of fowl, and now there's only one. Or no, a possum is not a bird. I don't know. That, that was not a good two comparison. Animals. Two animals, and now there's only one. Now he's only playing chicken. Well, and of course, John Rambo saves the day. That's really... He kind of does. I mean, the... the the, the quote-unquote rebels, as they're called, they're only called the Mujahideen like, maybe once this whole movie. Well, but why don't they, you give me the body count oh, in that final sequence? You're right. I think John Rambo... You're right. Based on the body count, Rambo saves the day. Because, I mean, the, the it's Soviets... It's not even close. It's not even close. You're right. The Soviets just forget about Troutman and Rambo. <laughs> they're like, oh, no, the rebels, and they turn their backs on Rambo, and it's like, wait a minute, don't you... You saw all the stuff that we saw. He destroyed a base. <laughs> he did. And they turn their, they turn their entire armies back to him. <laughs> It's like, well, yeah, what do you think's going to happen? 
Nothing good. Um, oh, and then in the grand tradition of Rambo movies, we get an inappropriately <laughs> soft pop song to end this movie. <laughs> like every Rambo song, every Rambo movie. So awful. The road is long. This is the worst of all of them. This is worse than the Frank Stallone song from Rambo 2. It's bad. Can I hear the? Can I hear your Frank Stallone and Rambo too? Oh, how does that? Uh, um, how does that song go? Yeah, I, I've got. I've got uh, uh, first, first blood. blood. Give me a first blood. Uh, how's first blood? Is it? Like, is it long? Oh, is it? <laughs> it's a long road, and you're on your own. Do do do, and it hurts. All of these songs are awful. Um, oh, and the Frank Stallone song is like "Peace in Our Life." Peace in our life. Uh, I forget how it starts though. Terrible. They're all these sappy like ballads. Strange. After, it's so consistent too. Every Rambo movie has to end with one of that these. That is consistent, but it's inconsistent with the scene just before where Rambo rams a tank into a helicopter to kill a guy. You have a Looney Tunes type killing of somebody, and then in about two and a half minutes, you're going to have this sappy pop song. It's such an abrupt ending because it goes right from the action sequence to be like, "Okay, bye," and that's it. They just kind of drive off. Uh, yeah, it's because this this movie, unlike pri- previous Rambo's, it doesn't have any kind of point to make. <laughs> you no. know, the f- first blood has the scene where he breaks down and cries, and it's obviously trying to make a point about you know the soldiers coming back from war. And Rambo two, whatever point Stallone's trying to make in that movie, he very clearly has a point to make about you know I want my country to love us as much as we love it. Like the, the scene is ridiculous. The the sentiment is understandable, but the scene is ridiculous. This movie has nothing to say. It's just like. Time to go home. That's the that's all it has to say. So that's why it seems so abrupt, and it's there isn't enough space between the action scene and the song at the end. I kind of wish it would have just ended with that line and said, "Time to go." Home. Basically, does because <laughs> it says, "Let's get out of no, here." You know what? It actually does transition to the song of any of the Rambo movies because it ends with the dialogue at the end is, "I think we're getting soft, eh, Colonel?" Yeah, I guess we are. And then here's the softest song you ever heard. I guess so. You're right. It actually does set it up. I guess you're right. <laughs> All right. All right, you ready for technology? Uh, well, no, I don't have much for technology, but let's cover technology anyway. It's already up in the cloud. What cloud? What cloud? Uh, this is the segment where we discuss how tech- changes in technology from the time when the movie was made uh, might have altered the plot or key scenes in the movie. And I'm still taken aback how I did not know that the music that you set that opening to was from Rocky IV, and now I will forever see the robot in my head sure. every time you play it. The robot's Seco. coming in to introduce our technology segment, even yes. though I have almost nothing to talk about. Uh, so I don't have a lot on this, but I did come up with a, a couple. Uh, the first one, actually we covered a little bit. Uh, today... There is no way Griggs, played by Kurtwood Smith, he is not coming in person to deliver this news in Thailand. I realize it's a pretty remote area, but there are other forms of electronic communication that exist in 2019. Yeah, but you don't want that to be intercepted by the enemy. I mean, you, you, you encrypt it, and if you trust your encryption, then sure. Yes. But the, the most secure encryption is face-to-face. That is true, unless you're being tailed, but sure, it... It is the most secure, but in the t- technological world, there's no way. I mean, you can do dead drops. There's all kinds of ways that you could get the message there. Generally speaking, I totally agree. But in this case, Rambo's not an intelligence agent. He's not someone who would have access to a secure method of communicating with this CIA you know, field agent in Kurtwood Smith. So, And he's being recruited. That's the thing. Like, It's not as if... 
He's being given a he mission he's already recruited. in. He was just passing along information that Troutman's been captured. Oh, that part. Yeah. Yeah, I guess That's so. what he goes to tell him in, in person. Yeah, you're, that part for sure could have been... The message could have been just... Electronic just, mail. <laughs> sure. Well, that that's a message that can be very easily... You know, you can just speak in code. Like, our mutual friend didn't... Right. Things didn't go well for our mutual friend. You know, if someone intercepts that, they... Colonel Salmon, man. Sure. That's <laughs> Lee less subtle. Than <laughs> Colonel Trout Sandman. <laughs> our mutual friend. You're, you're right there. That's true. Thank you. I, I've, got, I've only got one other one. Do you have any here? No, I was trying to... Cause I, I think in, in the interest of having something to talk about for every movie, which I failed to do, but uh, I was... <laughs> I, I was my plan for this tech, for this technology segment going forward was to try to think of like okay if you're remaking the movie I failed to do I did that. I have nothing I have nothing to talk about but in my mind this segment is pitch the movie being remade today and you know what is it about essentially and potentially even who would you recast or whatever I mean I I can't imagine anybody playing Rambo other than Stallone. Um, what are you gonna say? I don't think that's what this segment is, but that's okay. Well, it's what I—it's what I think generally. I, at least you know, in my mind, that's it's your approach. I got you. What What is this movie if made today? Uh, but I don't know what the equivalent would be. Would it be like the Ukraine situation? Like I don't even know. Would a movie Would a movie today even be willing to touch? You know, a real a real world engagement. situation that's still ongoing, even though it was it came to the end like the week after this movie came out. But nevertheless, it was. I I don't think so today. Yeah, I don't think I, that I, chance would be taken. I agree. I don't know if you can do this today. All right, I only had one other one, and right. that had to do more with uh, Rambo's technology. Today, I just I'm not sure he would be using timed detonators. It, one, the sequencing of them really doesn't make sense to me. How he, it didn't seem like he was being. It seemed like he was being very cavalier with. He set the first one at ten minutes. And then I don't think he ever set a watch to say, when When did I actually set the one for 10 minutes? And then he starts doing them at like four minutes. Today, he, he would have to have something that was a remote detonator from a phone or something. There's no way he would need a time detonator yeah, and that stuff today. That, that's definitely true. He checks his watch a couple times. so yeah. He does, but it didn't seem like, you know, it seemed like you would have to, because you'd need it down to the second and maybe, you know, m- maybe not millisecond, but you need to be pretty close on those. Yeah. And it seemed he was pretty generous and cavalier with what the time was. Yeah, I, I wonder if he didn't even really care necessarily. I guess if it's a diversion, maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah, he's just trying to create a diversion as he escapes. You know, it could be. He wants them to be dealing with the explosion so that he can sneak out with Troutman is the plan. I so imagine. that they turn completely around and don't look at him. Sure. That seems to be the Soviet M.O. Yeah, just any whatever is the most recent threat to them. That's what you turn towards. That there's no threat assessment. It's just like there's a goat over there. Look out! And everyone, the entire army turns to face the goat. Even though John Rambo is clearly able to wipe out a base, you just no matter what, you turn to the most current threat, not the most threatening threat. It's like the it's like an AI in a video game, like being programmed badly, where it's not actually. you know, right, it's, it's not assessing the level of a threat. It yeah, is just yeah. assessing the timing the, of a threat. The most recent threat. Uh, speaking of video games, uh, I don't know if you've played any of the Metal Gear games, but no. this is the first time I've watched Rainbow 3 after playing Metal Gear Solid 5, which is a game that's set in the 80s in Afghanistan, and it's very much about infiltrating Soviet bases in Afghanistan. And uh, like, it actually made me appreciate both this movie and that game more for whatever reason. It's just, I, I, I enjoyed that game a lot. It's a really good game. And the whole time Rambo was sneaking in, it's just like, oh, if I was playing this game, I would, you know. I would get my bow and arrow? 
Uh, I don't know if there's a bow and arrow. There's a lot of weapons in that game, but I don't know if you get a bow and arrow oh. in uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. But there's a ton of like, there's like crazy stuff. There's like inflatable uh, like decoys. Speaking of decoys, I mean it's it's like a disc, and you can throw it out and hit a button, and then it creates a copy of yourself, and then you can upgrade it to have like to like say things like. Hey, look over here. I forget what it says, but it's like, and then the guards are like, oh, and then and they'll go investigate, and you can sneak around the guards. Like, there's all kinds of stuff. It's a fun game. It just, I, I was thinking about the game a lot because, just a lot of, I think a lot of the game was inspired by Rainbow Three. Weirdly, huh? Interesting. So. All right, so you ready for uh, to move on to the little details? Sure. Video games are technology, so I've somewhat fulfilled my duties there. We've come we talked full about circle. a video game. <laughs> All right, let's move on to little details. That cardboard headstone tipped over. The, this graveyard is obviously phony. Uh, the little details, which is the segment where we discuss minutia in the film that we find entertaining or at least noteworthy. Yeah, I got a fair amount here. All right, Fire, why don't you start us off? Then? First things first, I think in a movie like this, I've talked about it in the past, I think it's important how a character is introduced, or in this case reintroduced. I really like the the introduction of Rambo, or you know, you're cutting back and forth between... Uh, Troutman looking for him, and then like it's just like a glove, and the you know Jerry Goldsmith score going, and then cut to Troutman talking to people, and then cut to Rambo, and he's tying it's just like the back of his head, and, and it delays the reveal of Rambo until he finally he turns around. There's a really good piece of like musical score. I just think it, I, I I enjoyed his reintroduction in this movie. I thought it was really well done. I just want to right. call it out. The first thing that I certainly noticed in this was that the there is a Mickey equivalent in Thailand. That appears to be managing this fight. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He is very Mickey like. I mean, it's gives the, the hat. Mo- yeah, it's the guy, hat. yeah, he gives him the money. Yes, it's the hat more than anything. Yeah. I mean, he's, it's, he's fighting for money. This is a prize fight. So I guess it, it never didn't occur to me the possible Rocky parallels. Oh, to me, that seemed like that guy stole that from Mick. I mean, also his height is very similar. Just, yeah, everything about that guy. Uh, so, okay. The one, one detail that I never noticed before, and I just think it's. Maybe the only thing in this movie that potentially softens the villains or has introduces any kind of moral ambiguity in any way. All right. and it's a tiny, tiny thing, which will tell you how little moral ambiguity there is. But Colonel, I have his name, is Colonel Zeisen. That's his name, apparently, the Soviet colonel. Okay. And he's got family photos in his mirror in the base. Oh, I miss that. And it, they're very plain, like, like normal family photos. It's just like... A photo of his presumably wife and two kids, and then there's just some other guy. He might be I don't know his brother, and he's just like a guy in like a collared shirt and a sweater. Oh, that's a good and catch. I completely missed that. They look like photos you have like taken at the mall or something. <laughs> I mean, they're very like ordinary in a way that is is kind of interesting. I like the idea of this colonel going to J.C. Penney with his <laughs> sure. family. I mean, or whatever what, J.C. Penney was in the Soviet yeah, it's, Union. It's probably the the official Soviet photographer or whatever. You stand in line for eight hours to get your photo taken. Whatever Work, Worker in Parasite, take your picture. <laughs> right? Sure. But yeah, I mean, they, they look very kind of classy and like, you know, they got like the, the kind of blue and white model background in the back. You know what I'm talking about? Like those kinds of mall photos. Yeah. It shows that he has a family of some kind. Yeah, no, I, that that is a good catch that I missed. Yeah, my next two on here we've kind of covered, but I still I'll I'll make uh, make note of them. Is I I do want to again give credit for the continuity for the scars for John Rambo. <laughs> I think that that yeah that definitely ties these together and makes this that it's it's clear that these are he's despite the fact it seems like he is an unstoppable force. This is all in the same universe and. His scars do show, the physical scars do show, and it's not just in the move, first movie where you really saw the mental scars of war. Well, and I also think it's important considering how differently, how different each of these movies' tones are. You know, every Rambo movie 
tonally is very different from the previous one. I mean, t- two to three is maybe the smallest Delta in terms of tone, but even still, like, this is a pretty different movie from Rambo Two. Yeah. So the fact that you know you need to, you, whatever continuity you can get, you kind of need it because they're all so right. separate. This is the same universe. Yeah, exactly. Because without those things, it, it's it would be very easily easy to feel like. It's a totally different guy. I mean, in Rambo 2, he does kind of feel like a totally different guy. He is a totally different guy, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. So, I mean, you take whatever continuity you can get, I guess. I wonder if Rambo 4, if those scars are still as prominent. I'm sure it's there, but I'll bet it's not. I mean, at that point, it's been another 20 years, so they've So maybe they fade up. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. What else you got? Uh, okay, I just have a note here saying I like Troutman imitating the Soviet colonel's pronunciation of missiles. Those missiles. Mi- missiles when he's giving his... He's pontificating. I have a note on this pontification we've already covered. Yeah. Colonel Troutman, where were you? We, we needed you 20 years <laughs> later. People don't know history. That's really the, true. the, the that, long that is short the, of it. That's the moral of it. Yeah, I think so. His, his derision in missiles yeah. is great. I don't know anything about any missiles. Like, I, I just enjoy... I, Richard Crenna I mean, has kind of a thankless role in this movie because he's just like a guy who's captured and you know being tortured in a couple of scenes, although not that much. He does. Uh, one thing I this isn't really a note I have, but it's funny how this is the first time we see Troutman without his you know beret and his oh yeah up. yeah I didn't note I didn't note that but I did notice yeah it. he he doesn't look like himself almost no. you see him the first time you see him without his beret it's just like Who oh is this yeah, guy it's the Troutman I guess uh, so I've got actually another another note on a different type uh, of weapon I find it very interesting I feel like the movie The Hurt Locker lied to me after watching Rambo three. That apparently mines, don't worry about it. You can just kind of pry them up with a with a big knife, and you're completely okay. They won't go off. They'll be just fine. Sure. Yeah, I have no idea what's accurate and what's not. Come on. But that's yeah. not accurate at all. If you pry it up from the bottom, because it's like pressure oh, from the top, right? No. I think that's the idea, whether or not that's that correct, might be the whether idea, that's but realistic. I'm, I don't not, know. I'm not buying that at all. Also, Hurt Locker is set 15 years later. I'm sure mine, I don't know what kind of mine technology is advanced and. You know, fifteen years. I'm not buying it. There, I mean, there, there are, there is some way to pry up and deactivate mines. Those are people's jobs in in some battlefields, like minesweepers. I mean, they have more sophisticated equipment than yes. a knife, but they have equipment. They're not doing a crawl through it, and they are experts at demolitions and well, decommissioning <laughs> explosive devices. Yeah, but he's John Rambo, so. <laughs> I, I don't, he can fly things, crash things, and kill things. I don't think that he has the ability to neutralize explosives. I don't think it's... And he didn't neutralize it at all. He just popped it up and said, oh, here it is. I'm going to crawl around it. Sure. No. He, he, yeah, he's just trying to I love identify where they stuff that is in def- this is It's indefensible. It's a movie I don't feel trope. That- yeah, I don't think it's remotely the least realistic thing. It's like, I'll criticize the tank helicopter game of chicken before I you know, criticize. The, you know, I, I think it's to show that in large ways and in small ways, Rambo knows his stuff, and he knows a way to crawl through a minefield safely, and this is a technique he, he knows, and I don't question it. All right, it. I, I question it. I don't, I don't see the need to question the realism of a Rambo movie. You know what I mean? We wouldn't be questioning it if it was a, if it was Commando. I'm okay, but the tones are different. But whatever. You really didn't like this movie. No, you're, you're, no, you're, you're not going to be happy with my rating of this movie. <laughs> well, I can I can tell you. I mean, your demeanor talking about this movie. Demeanor, <laughs> demeanor. It's it's the kind of thing. It's weird because this movie is more serious, but I don't take it seriously. I just I think it's a well made 
action movie in the style of most action movies where you just there's going to be stuff that's ridiculous. I just yeah. I just don't look at that mind stuff and go, well, uh, preposterous. It's like, I don't know. It's an action movie. I just accept it. I'm being told that Rambo can do this, and so I accept it. I know. You have an easier time with that than me. I'll admit that even in kind of more farcical action movies, I have a hard time suspending too much reality. To me, that's a little bit too much, but that's okay. It all depends on the tone. I mean, it's this movie is asking us to take it a little more seriously, so yeah, it's not an unreasonable right. thing. That's to, uh, okay, we kind of I, I talked about how there's a little more comedy in this movie, so I just want to highlight some moments that I did I did think were successful. Okay, I bet you some of my next notes are probably what you got coming up. Go ahead. <laughs> well, or, or, uh, comedy moments you didn't like? Is that what's no? Just like there were some, there were some moments that were Schwarzenegger esque. Sure, that's not even necessarily the stuff that I gravitated oh, okay. to. I think it's it's more like. Stallone, like a Rambo and Musa comedy team. Oh, I, I really enjoyed them together because you know Musa has like all the gear that that Rambo had asked for. And he goes like, "I've never seen this. What is this? It's like, blue light. What's it do? Turns blue. Yeah, I see. <laughs> That's a funny exchange. Was, I enjoyed was. that. Yeah. Okay, the, the the goat sport, which is called Bujkashi. Uh, I enjoyed Musa's explanation of the rules. He goes, you take the goat once around, and then you place it in the circle. Why? Because there is a circle there. <laughs> That's really funny. It was very logical. <laughs> yeah, I just because it's every sport is ridiculous when you first encounter it. It's yes. like, well, basketball, you throw the b- ball into the hoop. Why do you do that? Because it's there. <laughs> it's a perfectly <laughs> reasonable... Some, somebody had a peach basket and <laughs> sure. decided to put it up 10 feet. Yeah, it's a perfectly reasonable explanation. So, right. Soccer, you kick the ball in the goal. Why? There's no answer to why. It's because that because the purpose the goal of, is there. Yeah, that's the purpose of the game is to yeah. do that thing. So I, I enjoyed that. I thought that was funny. I liked Rambo and Troutman where Troutman says, uh, they're going to steal the helicopter and escape. He goes, can you fly that thing? Let's find out. <laughs> that's good. He clearly can. He flew... He flies Almost everything. Almost an identical helicopter in Rambo, yes. too. And then when Troutman and Rambo are escaping, and Troutman's like, how's the wound? You taught me to ignore pain, didn't you? Is it working? Uh, not really. Don't take it personally. And he's like, yeah, thanks, or whatever. Yep. I enjoyed that. Um, oh, Rambo was almost burned to death from a bomb getting dropped on him. <laughs> he goes, that was close, John. How are you? Well done. There it is. You, you got to mine. <laughs> you don't like that? That is very Schwarzenegger. That is very that Schwarzenegger. Is, that is... That's a quip. It 100%. makes 100%. It makes sense cuz Rambo 2 didn't quite have the time to be in, to have been influenced by yeah. Arnold movies, but this is 88. Arnold Schwarzenegger is now a big deal and yeah, it makes sense that the one-liners are starting to creep into Rambo. Yes. I thought that worked. I I, I buy I was fine with it. Yeah, I was I, fine with I buy it. Rambo making that joke. Rambo is not the most jokey character. They try to kind of push him more in that way here, but <laughs> Can I give you one of mine that I just laughed at? What's that? All right, so it's towards the beginning of the actual escape when Troutman is with Rambo. You've got a great close-up of Rambo looking around the corner and seeing some of the Soviets are looking to see where they're at. And there's just enough space. And I at least didn't expect it. All of a sudden, Troutman just sticks his head out there, and he is so prominent that it seemed to me like a comedy team. Like, he's trying to... Oh, I know the shot you mean. (laughs) It made me laugh... Both times I went through the movie. Right. The first time more so because I didn't know what was coming. I burst yeah. all ever. But even the second time, like, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It's like he's kind of like trying to push or photo. Basically, it's kind of like he's photobombing Rambo is really what it yeah. is. They're like the Three Stooges coming through a door. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> all of a sudden, Troutman pops out. Yeah, I know exactly the shot you mean. Yeah, that is a funny one. I didn't really, it didn't strike me as funny, but yeah, I can see how it would. Yeah. 
yeah, I basically ran through it. The last funny line is actually now that I'm reading it, it's not that funny. It's actually it's actually more interesting than funny. Where where Troutman's like, I'm sorry, I got you into this, John. And he goes, No, you're not. Which is kind of funny, but also maybe a little revealing. I think so. So I, mean, I think it's more. I don't know if it's a, that's supposed to be a joke or not, but I laughed at it. All right. Oh, I, one last one. Sorry, where Musa says, "God must love crazy people. He makes so many of them." <laughs> I enjoyed that too. All right, I'm done now. All right, on um, on the Soviets when they're chasing after them into the sewers. Did you notice that the Soviet soldiers they just jump down to that sewer, and I don't know how big of a drop it is with reckless abandon. It's got to be at least 15 feet down. You're looking at busted ankles, all kinds of bad ideas of them just jumping down that fast. They're in trouble, you know. They're, uh, they're going to get sent to the gulag if they don't catch these guys. they got to make sure they uh, I guess, bring them back. But here's the thing is that you, you then have their commander, one man against 30 commandos. Does he really think those 30 commandos have a chance? Rambo just single-handedly destroyed your base. Yeah. Why are these commandos going to fare any better than your base just did? That moment is weird for a couple of reasons, because he says, who is this man trying to rescue you? And he knows who he is. He got the informant information yes, about John Rambo. His name is John Rambo, and he's coming to this village. <laughs> so send your attack chopper. Yeah, he knows who he is. But, um, but that is the scene where we get uh, Troutman's line, which I think is... Ooh, which one? Maybe the... Colonel Troutman, who only speaks in like movie taglines, because <laughs> he goes, who do you uh, think this man is? God and Truman's like God would have mercy. He won't. <laughs> You're right. I didn't watch the trailer. I assumed that had to be front and center in the trailer. Probably. Also, I am your worst nightmare. Or yeah. who are you? Your worst nightmare. I'm your worst nightmare. Yeah. He doesn't actually. Say, I, I'm your. He just says, "Who are you? Your your worst nightmare." Worst nightmare. I th- I'm pretty sure that was in the trailer. Oh, I'm, that yeah. has to be. Yeah. And I'm sure the only reason God would have mercy, he won't, was not the tagline. It was for you know to not offend religious people, but like. Troutman, since the first movie, since First Blood, that's all he does. He tries to warn everybody, (laughs) and nobody ever listens to him. Man, that's that's the most, I mean, aggrandizing Rambo. You know, Troutman has a long history of aggrandizing Rambo, but that might be the biggest one. God would have mercy, he won't. Troutman must be really frustrated with his life that every time we've seen him in his life, he's trying to warn people who just refuse to listen to him about what John Rambo is. It's funny watching this, the first Rambo movie we watched since the Saturday morning cartoon that we saw in a bonus episode. Um, Go back. Rambo. The Force of Freedom. No, that's all that Troutman basically (laughs) is there in the cartoon to say is Rambo. Yeah, go back and listen to that episode to hear our thoughts on that. But the funny thing is, uh, in that show, it's just Rambo's amazing. He can do anything. But you're right. There's a subtle difference between that and the movies where Troutman's trying to warn people saying Rambo is a dangerous madman killer. He will. He can kill anybody in any situation. Yeah, because, I mean, that goes back to First Blood. But even here, he is kind of trying to warn this Soviet commander. Like, <laughs> listen, this guy means business. You know? Like, you might want to just let me go. Yeah, because you would think it, it would be in Troutman's best interest to keep his mouth shut. Right, he doesn't. He shouldn't want the colonel no. to know any information. No, the, the, he would should want that commander to underestimate Rambo. Exactly. No, he keeps selling him up. He, he can't stop warning people about him. You're right. In the first movie, it was kind of pride, whereas here, I don't know what it is. Well, it it's necessity of the script more than anything. But sure. Understood. Yeah, they, they wanted to get the line in the script. Who's yeah. gonna Who's gonna say God would have mercy? Rambo won't. I guess it's gotta be Troutman. Yeah. Uh, all right, I've only got really one one other one. What else would you like to cover in the little details? Uh, some of these we already covered. I do want to note that in the GOAT game, 
Um, I already forgot the name of the sport. I've written down, but um, they don't even let Rambo score a point. I was annoyed. He was by on that. his. He was on his way. He was on his way. You have to drop the goat in the circle. Didn't make it. He didn't make it to the, at least let Rambo score a point and have a moment like, "Hey, Rambo, you're awesome." He was. No, that's how bad this commander is. Is that he's going to ruin Rambo's day? Yeah, and yeah. That's that's the biggest crime is ruining this game. You know, I'm, Rambo I, had a chance to win the stick fight. He didn't get a chance to score a point in the goat game. You're right. Let Rambo have the moment. Come on. All right. So my last one that just makes me smile because it's a movie absurdity. There's a moment in the very last sequence when Rambo is driving that tank. You have got Troutman, and Troutman yells, John, get out of there! Yeah. Troutman, you're on a battlefield. Rambo's <laughs> right, he's like a mile a, away. He's a mile away, and Rambo's in a tank. Yeah. And the it's guy not, next to you probably can't hear you, let alone Rambo. That's, that's a great point. I mean, it's 100% for the audience. I do understand it, but it's yeah. so funny when you really break it down and think, John, get out of there. And it's sort of, it reminded me a little bit about Kobala. You Rambo, you made it, <laughs> you Rambo. Made it, Rambo. Who are you saying this to? Yeah. Of course he knows he made it. They're like people watching the movie shouting at the screen. That's basically, <laughs> it is. It's like somebody, no, don't do it. Don't do it, Rambo. Get out of the Rambo. That's basically what it is. Yes. Yeah, it's not as if they Troutman just escaped from this Russian base. It's not like they have like you know wigs in their ears to talk to each other or anything like that. No, no they have nothing. He is yelling at a tank that's probably a mile, maybe not right. a mile, but <laughs> hundreds, if not thousands, of feet away, and making the noise of a tank. Let alone just all of the gunfire and explosions on the right. battlefield. Helicopter bearing down. Yes, on him. John, get out of there. Also, what's he gonna do? How, he doesn't have time to get out of there. He's in a tank. <laughs> It's not like he can just open the driver's side door and it's jump probably, out. He's got to climb out the it's top. It's my favorite accidentally comic, comic line yeah, in is, the movie, without a doubt. That is very funny now that you mentioned it. That, well, now, every time I watch this movie, I will <laughs> laugh at that. John, get out of there! Yeah, absolutely. This, here's my last one. And uh, speaking of the goat game, it, it was a detail in preview. I've probably only seen this movie three or four times over the years. Uh, but this this is one I only caught this time, that in the, in the end battle... The guy who brings Rambo a horse is the guy who invites him into the game. Remember the guy's like, oh, come and play. He gives him a horse at, at the end battle? Yeah. Yeah, no, I noticed that my, my first time. Okay, too. I didn't. It was a detail I never realized until okay. I was like, oh, it's the guy who invited Rambo into the game. There he is bringing him his horse. Like, they're, yes. they're, the, they're the, you know. No, I, I did like that they connected and they, that guy was not just there to play the game. That he, yeah. he clearly, he must have been one of the, one of the better fighters because... He's the one who approaches Rambo and says, you know, come into the game. So I, I figured they wanted to give him a little bit more screen time by bringing Rambo a horse. Yeah, and they kind of have a moment where they escape like the tank together, together or yeah. something like that. Yeah, um, yeah it was just a, a nice detail. Yes. They didn't have to bring that guy back. He has no. no lines in either scene, but it's just like, oh, it's a familiar face. It's yep. kind of nice. All right. You want to move on to questions? Yes. Right. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. So the Devil's Advocate, the segment where we ask each other questions and do our best to be able to field answers to those questions. Okay. Well, sounds like you had a lot of nitpicks, so I'm curious uh, to hear uh, you. I had a decent amount. I'll, I'll start right off with that uh, the stick fighting. Okay. I also have a question about stick fighting. Oh, like, so. what, you may, it might be the same question, so why don't you go first? No, you, you started. Go ahead. Okay. I want to know what sort of bets has the stick fighting crowd made? <laughs> you can tell that we both have a gambling background because, yep, that's very, it's not quite. Everybody's, they either have, I don't understand what is going on and what Mickey is doing. I mean, Mickey gives Rambo a little bit of money. Yeah. But who's, who's paying out on these bets? And it seems like, because here's what I had. They are cheering like crazy no matter who is winning the fight. Yeah. So how is it possible that everybody 
has bets that are winning, and no matter who's winning the fight. And they and they're chan- chanting Rambo, Rambo. The entire crowd is chanting so, Rambo. Someone so, must have lost this bet. So wait, I had a rhetorical question that I think might be the answer. Okay. So what I think is that maybe there was an over-under on the number of strikes landed, and everybody bet the over. Sure. So that's the reason people are always just going crazy, no matter who's winning. Because each time a strike with the sticks is landed, you're getting closer to going to the over. Well, if they, if everyone bet the over, then that's a bad bookie. You just should, what, didn't set the line for No, he didn't. But what I'm saying is that's the only logical conclusion I could come up with. That sure. in a fight of some kind, that no matter who is winning the fight, the crowd is excited and feels like they're winning. That it has to be an over-under bet on number of blows landed. Because if it's a bet on either of the fighters winning... Some portion of that crowd has to be upset when their when their fighter is losing. You would think so. But in, in any kind of a bet, at some point, you would think someone would just see something as a value bet. It's like, well, obviously Rambo is going to kill this guy, but it's twenty to one. I'll take a shot on this guy. I would have done that. I'm I Mr. Know, but would, shot. But would would you be cheering when Rambo starts winning? If it was an exciting match, maybe. I'm just right. like, I, I, I'd be like, I don't expect to win this. I'm just, you know, I, I t- it's a long, long shot. I'm sure I'll lose, so I'll just cheer for, you know, having a good fight. Well, here's the detail I notice is that after the fight, you, you see zero money changing hands. The entire fight, everyone's holding up cash. You're like, hey, hey, hey. Every, everybody in the crowd. everybody bet the over. That's why. <laughs> right, but nobody hands anybody cash. and, and it's, Everyone's waving cash the entire fight. It's like, you don't need to do that. I don't care if... Like, I'm suspicious that gambling is even happening. I, I'm wondering. <laughs> People if, are just there to wave money. Yeah, they just. This is just the tradition. In these stick fights is Could to be. wave money because it's not as if. First of all, if you're making a bet, you you're not holding on to your own money. The bookie should have the money. Yes. And then after the fight, there should someone should be going around passing out yeah. money. Neither thing is true. Everyone just already has their money. Here's so the thing understand. that we've definitely determined over the many years we've now been doing this podcast, all the way back to episode two on <laughs> yes. Bad Puns and Machine yeah, Guns, right. with the ridiculous odds. It's still infuriating. In the Running Man. In The Running Man. The Running Man is still the worst bookie of all of the movies we've done. I don't know. This might be just as bad if we're, we don't even understand what's happening. But, but we have just eviscerated screenwriters and their inability just lack of knowledge of logical conclusions for a betting scenario yeah. very few screenwriters screenwriters understand it must how be. a sports book works how poker works like any kind of gambling <laughs> in a movie Though the odds on on schwarzenegger in the running man are ridiculous well in that they were not supposed to be taking bets on him and then unprecedentedly someone right. shouts and, and says, i want to bet on richards that. i'm fine with that until richard starts winning and the odds don't change right well that's like that's like some kind of like preconceived bias or something i don't remember what we said it was years ago <laughs> he now. might have won once but he, it can't happen again sure well, because the precedent was that it never happens, so you know it's it's just an, it's an unreasonable bias. All right, so we basically had the first same question. What's your next <laughs> yeah. question? Uh, okay, so here's a question. Rambo gives away his that piece of jade that he wears around his neck to the kid at the end. It's, it's yep. like his lucky charm, and he's like, I need luck too. But then he eventually gives it to this kid. That was Kobao's. He took yep. it off of her dead body. Does he Why not is- care about her any or her memory at all anymore? It's tough. And it, it, it seems kind of callous. I think it's callous. I got to say, I'm not sure he cares about her memory because he really just says it's his lucky charm. So not right. only does he give it away, he doesn't say that it has, no, some kind of sentimental, deep sentimental value as somebody very special to me. Right. He says it's a lucky charm. So I, I think Rambo's moved on. Yeah. I wonder if a lot of that is just 
they don't want to refer to specific events from previous movies. That's m- more likely what it is. But um, yeah, it just, it's, it's very strange. I mean, the fact that, again, it's nice to have the continuity, but the fact that they included it, specifically this thing from the previous movie, and then, yeah, he doesn't seem he to gives be, it away. He doesn't seem to really care. I mean, I think, to a degree, I think that moment of him giving the thing to the kid is supposed to be an indication that Rambo thinks he's going to his death, of like, I don't need this luck anymore. There's no way I'm going to survive this. So I'm just, be. I, I, I think that's what we're supposed to take from that. It's but, pretty callous still, though. Yeah, it's like, boy, Kobao, like, it seemed like he actually cared about her, but never mentioned or even, even when this, he has this thing that was hers. It belonged to her and her father, I think, or something. Wasn't there a whole story so, about it? Yeah. And yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> it's, it's almost like the movie casting her aside, like, we're never going to talk about her again. So get we're rid done. Of yeah. uh, so my next one comes from Troutman's unsuccessful mission. So the attack chopper immediately comes in and Troutman and his support are getting orders from the Russian commander. So what I would like to know is, why is that Russian commander giving them orders to surrender in English when you presume that's a group of Afghan fighters? Or did he know that Troutman was there? Well, now that I know that that guy from the shop is an informant, I assume that that guy informed on Troutman the same that he informed on Oh, I didn't think about that. That, That's... That's a good point. Because that was my question, and I skipped it because you already answered it. But like, I, I, my question was, does uh, Griggs have a leak somewhere in his operation? Because everyone seems to know what so you when think, Rambo... I, I didn't know it was that guy. So you think Troutman had... No, because here's the thing, though, is I don't think Troutman had met Musa. So I'm not sure that Troutman had to go to the same spot in Pakistan to make his way over into Afghanistan. So I'm not sure about that. It It is a good explanation. I'm not sure I... Uh, buy it 100% that Troutman went the same route that Rambo did. Right. Well, see, when I asked the question in my notes, I didn't know that that guy was the mole. My question was, does Griggs have a mole in his operation? Because multiple people get burned, apparently. So, yeah, maybe maybe both things are true. Maybe that guy in the shop betrayed Rambo, but then also someone in the CIA is uh, leaking information somehow also. All right. right. I would never want to... Perform any kind of uh, this guy Griggs. It's like if if you've got a job for me, I don't want it because everyone <laughs> everybody Please don't gets, go well. Yeah, captured or yeah, something bad happens. All right. Uh, okay, here's my question. After the village attack, Rambo still wants to go to the fort. They decide only four of them are going to go. And Musa asks him, "Why must you do this?" And Rambo says, "Because he'd do it for me." Meaning Troutman. Would he? Would Troutman do it for Rambo? That's my question. My answer is no. I agree. I don't think Troutman would. This, I think, this movie is a, it's a little harder on Troutman than Rambo too. Or he was just he just had Rambo's back all the time, always. Here, I, I think he's maybe portrayed to be a little more manipulative. And that, I don't think Troutman would. Yep. I mean, in Rambo too, he was taken to a POW camp, and I mean, Troutman didn't have a ton of time to mount a rescue operation, but he didn't seem like he was doing much. He just yelled at Murdoch. You bastard, or whatever he said. Yeah, it's like he, he didn't also, really do it. He anything. had a gun pulled on him, too, though. Sure. But he could have left abandoned. the base and gone back to the U.S. and tried to rally the troops. He didn't really do much. That's true. And it actually brings me back to First Blood, because my I think on that episode I discussed how Troutman in that movie does not... He seems like he's the duplicitous one and yeah. not one to be trusted. Mm-hmm. So that said... I still kind of have that idea in my mind about Troutman. So to this specific question, oh no, I I don't think Rambo's yeah. or Troutman's doing the same thing for Rambo at all. Yeah, I have the same point of view on Troutman. I mean, I think 
Rambo obviously cares about Troutman and he's, he's, he risks his life to save him, so obviously. But like Troutman, at the beginning of this movie, he comes to visit Rambo and Rambo, it's clear that this is an unpre- uh, unprecedented situation. And it's like, well, Troutman could have come and visited any other time. It's only when he needed Rambo's help that he came to visit. <laughs> That's pretty so much what it always not, is. Yeah, it's the way it always is. So it's, he's not really his friend. He's he could have got him out of prison in Rambo 2 years before. No, I, I wait, he waited until he needed him for a mission. He's a user. He really he absolutely is. is. I, w- I wish Rambo would see it that way or at least comment on it. Because it's, it's, yeah, I'm with you. I don't trust Troutman, even at the end of... I mean, this is the last time we're going to see Richard Crenna in the series. Yeah, because he passes away. Right? Yeah, before Rambo 4. But, um, yeah, I, w- I wish they had addressed that more. All right, so I've got a question on the prison escape and the, the bombs. All right. Okay, so Yuri, as we said, gives a very good explanation of the layout of the prison. Yeah. But it's it's not to scale. So he has a bunch of rocks that they've placed and said, you know... Here's where the prisoners are held. Here's where the guard towers are. Sure. It's like Doc Brown. He he didn't have time to build the scale. He didn't have time to build. I'm not criticizing Gary, but here's my question. So Rambo goes in. He's done the army crawl. He's pried up and popped up some some landmines. Sure. He gets into the base. Mm -hmm. He immediately puts the first explosive on for 10 minutes. How does he know how long it's going to take him to meander and make his way through? He didn't have any scale, so he doesn't know how big this base is. Well, but sure, but he's there now. Now, now that he's in the base, he you can get a sense of the scale. He's just come in from the peripheral, and you think that he has been able to assess exactly how big it is and how long it's going to take him to make it to where the where Troutman is at, free Troutman, and make his way back out before those diversions start. So my my question is: Is couldn't the diversions start way too early because he doesn't know how long it's going to take? Oh, sure. If he gets caught up or something, you know, delays him. Sure. The base doesn't seem that big. Like once he's in the base, he can basically see the whole base. I, right, so he and he knows roughly where the prisoners are. So it's like okay, he, he makes a mental calculation of how, how much time he'll need. I'll buy it. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. That seemed like a little bit of a leap. He's 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 an elite soldier. He's got training. I, I you know he made an estimation. If anything, it was, it was too much time because they were they were like halfway out before the stuff started blowing up. Right. Well, he was already busted. Sure. It didn't matter. He was already busted because he didn't have the right key. And But my point being, I think he gave himself plenty of time. Like he, he probably it turned out that way. I'm just not sure how he would have known that. That's all. I think he probably made a, an estimate and added a couple of minutes. Like, all right. He's like, I could probably do it in six minutes, but I'll give myself ten just in case. You know, I, that's, that's my guess. All right. Well, my, my next question is relative. It's, it's that same sequence. It's when they're escaping through the sewer. And Rambo puts some more C4 down in the sewer to cover their escape. And he plants it. He plants it for like thirty seconds, right? He calls well, Musa. They hide under. He needs some water. Oh, I don't think he's covering his escape. He's trying to kill those guys that are chasing him. Well, sure, both. He's killing two birds with one stone. Yeah, but I think I think mostly he just wants to collapse the tunnel so they can't follow. Uh, that's that's. But yeah, the 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 soldiers foolishly come forward, and then with three seconds left. Actually, you may have answered my question by pointing that out. But with three seconds left. The thing's about to explode and kill these three guys. Rambo can't resist. He jumps up and he guns them down anyway. <laughs> They're about to blow up, and he he puts his own safety at risk to gun them down because he's Rambo. And he, he I think like he I think the answer to it is it's because he's John Rambo. Sure, and he wanted to make he didn't trust the explosives. He yeah. trusts his aim and firepower. Okay, because I guess yeah. Now they mentioned it. If his goal was to just collapse the the tunnel and maybe he. And also, he probably can't see, so maybe he just wants to be sure if they're not in the blast zone, he wants to make sure that they're dead or whatever. Yeah, okay, they can't come after Because that was like, my question is, why would he bother popping out th- three that, seconds before the thing blows Other up? than that he's John Rambo. Sure. He just had to show off. All right, so I've got, after this, 
so they've escaped. I've got a question. The commander's plan, he empties out the base, as you said, to chase after Rambo. Mm -hmm. Here's my question. Why search for Rambo at all? If Rambo is alive, right? So you don't know that. But if he's alive, you know where he's going. He was there to rescue Troutman. If you just stay in the base and you keep Troutman close by, you know he's coming for Troutman. Why send your troops out at all? Yeah, but everyone believes at that point that it would be a suicide mission, including all Rambo's friends. So, <laughs> But he's already done it once. So if he's alive, it's not a suicide mission because he blew up half your base already. Yeah. So why, why? But he failed to rescue Troutman. So he might think, the, the, the Soviet colonel might think, well, he failed. You're he's going to just make a run for it. It's a terrible plan. He doesn't know Rambo. So that's, that's, he'll, he knows his he, name. But that's, he knows what Rambo is after. He has the one thing... That he knows that Rambo is. It's not as if it's some sort of MacGuffin that he doesn't know what Rambo's motivation is. Sure. Rambo's motivation is a rescue for a prisoner he already has. Yeah. He doesn't have to go find the prisoner. He has the prisoner. There's no. It, it's totally illogical. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> I suppose you're, you're trying, right. but I mean, it is that he's he's a very foolish. Uh, oh, it's a terrible strategy. Because all, all he really needs to do is. Put Troutman in his helicopter, fly around on a megaphone saying, right. I've Rambo, got I've got him. Exactly. You can learn. I mean, how many, there's, there's multiple movies we've done that effectively, that's what villains do most of the time. Right. Yeah, I, that, you're right. He, he's got leverage and he's not using it for sure. Not at all. He, and he's sending all of, the, all of the forces he has, he's effectively clearing it out. It makes no sense. And the only reason why he's back there when Rambo uh, rescues Troutman is because he has to refuel. He's like, keep, <laughs> keep looking, i got to refuel. <laughs> i got to go back. So that's the only reason why he's back there to, to encounter Rambo. Because he's escaping. wasted so many resources searching for a guy sure. he should know is just headed right back to where he is or he came from. You know, that's that's the Soviet system. If, if, if there was some bean counter, maybe he wouldn't be able to get away with it. But, you know, <laughs> You're right. he's got a lot of power and, you know, he's got a lot of pull with the pull at Bureau. He can, he can spend he can all do that, what he wants. that helicopter fuel right. searching for one man. I've uh, I've got one more after that one. How about you? Uh, I have one more. I, I, this is a pretty simple question. This is kind of just a movie trope, but near the end, you know, there's the cave sequence where Rambo takes out all the guys. They climb back out. The one henchman is there waiting for him. How, how does Troutman not see this guy? It's an open desert, and it's just a hole in the desert. Because uh, Troutman's kind of away, like, come on, right. Rambo. And then suddenly, from out of nowhere, this guy attacks Rambo, and there's a fight. It doesn't make sense. And then... It takes Troutman way too much. Troutman's assault, he should have been able to fire off some rounds at that guy, even from the distance he was at. rolling around, and he doesn't want to hit Rambo. I I guess. Troutman absolutely should have seen him. I think there is a moment, right, where he takes aim, and they're they're fighting, and he can't get a shot. Right, he was too slow. That's my point. He he should have seen the guy coming from 500 yards away. Exactly. Whatever he did, climb back out of the hole, however he got out of there. Or at least giving him a, get out of there, John. (laughs) But he saves that when Rambo's in a tank. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he can see the the helicopter tank from a mile away. But he can't see Across a battlefield full of explosions. Get out of there, John. Yeah, a single man in a desert. He can't spot him. All right, so this this is my biggest question question you ready okay so i saved it for last i want to know is rambo's bow and arrow known and taught in training in the soviet union because the pilot of that helicopter (laughs) immediately screams as soon as rambo has a bow and arrow that guy apparently in this world he knows 
He is about to explode. I guess word got out about that uh, Vietnamese commander from three years ago. <laughs> Despite the fact there was nobody... That, that, that's true. There were no witnesses. If there were no witnesses. That was mano y mano. <laughs> yeah. But so that's my question to you. Is Rambo's bow and arrow taught in military training? That I be guess. wary... You, do, stinger missiles are one thing, but if you see this man, John Rambo, with a bow and arrow, you immediately should assume you're dead. Yeah. Because you know what I'm talking about? That helicopter pilot... He does react. He is screaming immediately that he is already dead. Yeah, he should be laughing like a bow and arrow. <laughs> oh, no! You know, exactly. Yeah, you're right. But his reaction is he knows he's already dead. You're right. He does react. Uh, I mean, it, I, I enjoy it because it, it does kind of call back to that guy in Rambo yes, 2. It does. I enjoyed it too, but it's absurd. <laughs> it is, you're right. He should not be reacting to a bow and arrow. He should not be threatened by this bow and arrow. I mean, if he was just standing, sort of like the first uh, the first uh, Rambo 2, that, then maybe I could see where he'd at least be concerned. <laughs> sure. He's in I, a helicopter. Yeah. The, the guy in Rambo 2 didn't know it was an explosion. He just thought he was going to die by arrow. Suddenly, it was, oh, this is, apparently this is even worse than that. But yeah, this is, uh, this, you're right. This helicopter pilot shouldn't be threatened by this arrow. No. Because this is the first time he's used it. It's not yes. as if Rambo has used it previously where these Russian guys have seen what it no. can do. Yeah, because in Rambo 2, that's what happens. He uses it on a bunch of trucks. So yes. we already know what it can do, and so, do the, so does the enemy. Whereas here, yeah, it's just a single man with a bow and arrow. So I think the only explanation is, is that the Soviets are teaching this to their helicopter yeah. pilots. That, that you need to be question. wary of Stinger missiles. And Rambo's bow and arrow. Well, no, apparently you shouldn't be, like, in this world where these explosive arrows exist, apparently, why are you sneaking in stinger missiles? It's much easier to sneak in bows <laughs> and arrows think about that you can construct on the fly. Apparently Rambo had this bow and arrow in his back pocket the whole time. Because he constructs it on the fly while he's hiding from the helicopter. The whole movie Charlie Wilson's War, they really should have just been sneaking in bow and arrows. Yeah, explosive tipped bows and arrows. That's that's what would have won the war in Afghanistan. <laughs> Not stinger missiles. All right. Well, that was uh, that was Devil's Advocate. Yep. Right. Would have been a lot lower cost too. Bows oh, and arrows with explosives versus like highly like, advanced stinger missile technology. Yes. I was reading actually. I didn't realize that uh, the U.S. providing stinger missiles to the Afghan rebels was the first time that any kind of NATO technology was shared outside of NATO, and it was like a big like scandal all the time. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Other NATO countries were not happy about it, et cetera. I like, can see that. Yeah, so it was, I, I didn't like do a ton of research, but that was one thing I happened to see. It was an no, interesting historical footnote. Yes. All so, right. Time to move on to the Silk Cozart corner. Speaking of historical footnotes, get ready for Silk Cozart. Is Silk Cozart a really small historical footnote? Um, it's pretty small. I was hoping to find more. Uh, but anyway, this is the segment where I take a deep dive into some piece of internet trivia that the movie made me curious about, inspired by Silk Cozart's character, Any Razor, who was killed by another piece of advanced technology, a railgun. So uh, no railguns were shared with the Mujahideen no. in uh, Afghanistan. No. Um, anyway, I wanted to learn more about this sport, Bujkashi, which in Persian literally means goat pulling. That's, that's okay. why it's called that. This is a real sport, and this is the biggest sport in Afghanistan, and there are leagues and all kinds of things. So much like the arm wrestling leagues, you know, we learned a lot about the rules of arm wrestling when we covered over the top. I wanted to learn the rules of the game and what, you know, is the, the governing body in Afghanistan, etc. And it seems from, like, just from afar, it seems like a very organized, there's a league and there's teams and all this, and they have, like, owners and sponsors and stuff like that, like any other sport. Yeah. But I couldn't find any information about it. I could not find a website, period, let alone an English website. So it was like, I'm not sure it's online at all. 
You know, I mean, it's it's. Then how did you find out and know that it was real? Well, I mean, it's got a Wikipedia page and it's got a couple articles. There was an NPR article about the sport, and there was an art, you know, a, a, a right, reporter a, went to Afghanistan. That's to kinda, a legitimate source. Yeah, and there are a couple. There's there's an article from theculturetrip.com, which is apparently just a travel website, and it was some guy writing about the sport. So I tried to find as much information on the sport as I could. Like I said, I, I wanted to find some actual official rules and to go through the rule book and find some interesting rules, but um, it sounds like this game doesn't have a lot of rules. Actually, I do have a list of rules. There's no rules here. It's Thunderdome. <laughs> it kind of does seem like it, there's no... I mean, the information that I found, apparently it's fairly common for people to die playing this sport. Oh, like, every handful of games, someone may die, and it's like a very, very dangerous sport. Um, I have a list of rules. Sounds like a sport John Rambo would be be playing yeah. in. Well, I mean, it, it's it seems like a sport that is primarily designed to teach men how to ride their horses and prepare for yeah. combat. Essentially, uh, horse, un- yeah. unfortunately, sadly, in Afghanistan, which is so war torn, it's like their culture is has their, to be their sport. Yeah, is a training ground for that. Yeah, yeah, focused on that, which is you know too bad, but. So here, apparently, these are the only this is the list of rules I could find. There are only six rules, and this is, I think, from the NPR article, maybe the Wikipedia article, I forget. Um, I know it's not that well organized, unfortunately. But anyway, uh, here are the rules. The ground has a square layout with each side long. I don't think there's supposed to be a, a, a length there, but there's no length. Each side blank amount long. Each team consists of ten riders, which I think is there's more than that in the movie, but yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, only five riders from each team can play in a half, which doesn't make sense considering there's ten riders per team. I'm not even sure what that means. Maybe that there's no subs. Only five riders from each team can play in a half. So so something I'm, about the, the way that's phrased doesn't make sense to me. To me, I interpret that that you can't subs, substitute in a half. So you can have ten riders on your team, but only five oh. get to play during the half. In the second half, you can have the other five or a mixed play. Oh. But I get it. I, I take it as you don't have subs, although if somebody gets injured, I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, I, I, I think you must. <laughs> there must be some kind of substitutions. I don't know. Uh, total duration of each half is 45 minutes. There's only one 15-minute break between the two halves. The game is supervised by a referee. There don't seem to be any rules to enforce, so I don't even know what that referee <laughs> Making does. Making sure those subs don't come in off the sidelines. I guess. Uh, so and you make sure that it went in the circle. Sure, I get. Yeah, that makes sense. You have to. Someone has to rule whether or not the thing. Yeah, I mean, if, like if it's halfway in, halfway out, somebody's got a rule, or if it, you know, does it have to right. all be in the circle on the line? Is that it, kind of stuff. Is it a point or not? Also, there's the guy in the movie. We see it. There's a guy who rolls out the the dead goat because it's literally a dead goat. That's yeah, so like, it's like a jump ball, basically. Yeah, one guy rolls it out and then like signals that everyone can run yeah, after. So that's that's the ref's job. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. All right, so here's some information from theculturetrip.com. So I'm just going to read some articles. This is, I wish I had more, but this is all I got. So uh, Today the game exists in two-man forms, Tutabarai and Karajai. You, you thought the names were bad. I think I got that right. Uh, while players must carry the carcass to their opposition's end of the field and place it in the circle of justice in Karajai, the simpler Tubaradai, Tutabarai, Tutabarai. Involves grabbing the goat and moving in any direction until clear of other players. So it sounds like that form, there is no circle. You just got to, like, grab it and get away. And it's like once you're, like, free from, like, nobody can touch you, it's like you get a point, a point or something yeah. like that. 
Uh, the goat, or sometimes a calf, is decapitated and disemboweled. Ooh. Its legs are severed at the knees, and then the body is soaked in water for 24 hours to harden the flesh and toughen the hide before being used in the game. Uh, riders usually wear heavy clothing and head protection to guard themselves against other players' whips and boots. Competitors that play in the for- former Soviet Union often wear salvaged Soviet tank helmets for protection. <laughs> like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's appropriate. Uh, the spread of the game has led to being played by other different tribes. I'm not going to try and read these. Kazakhs, Tajiks, Uzbeks, Turkmens. There's more that I, I can't pronounce. Uh, in Central Asia, it has also reached as far, rest, uh, as far west as Turkey and as far east as China, where horseback Bujkasi is played, as well as riding yaks. I would like to have seen that version of the game. Yak Bujkasi. Stallone on a yak. <laughs> I, ha- I assume that's a slower-paced game and maybe less... So. I don't know if it'd be less dangerous or more dangerous because those are heavier creatures. Under Taliban rule, the amount of Bujkashi played saw, saw a sharp decline because it was deemed immoral. Since their ousting, the sport's popularity has once again surged within the nation, with some matches drawing spectators in the thousands. That was interesting. Yeah. It was deemed immoral by the Taliban. I mean, so at the very I, least, the U.S. coming in and getting rid of the Taliban has, has you know yeah. brought the sport back. I mean, I don't want to make light of it, but it kind of a little bit that i've read it seems like everything is immoral to the taliban so sure oh it's not surprising in the least right. so, like whatever. people are having fun that's that, that's in, in that's and of itself immoral immoral right i'm sure there are people who would criticize this game for other reasons for oh, you know sure the I, animal cruelty or i the, can only imagine what the progressive liberal <laughs> sure. americans would say yeah. about the game and and the people dying like obviously yeah. you know that's yeah, I'm sure but these you know people what? playing the, the thing, game know what they're getting into. Whatever our standards are here in the United States, you can't assume what other cultures and you know their value system. This is you know this is their culture. Oh sure. So you can certainly criticize the most popular sport in the United States, right? Because it destroys human beings. Yeah, totally. So. <laughs> I mean, it's just as dangerous, really, when it comes down to it. Right. I mean, and, and it destroys human beings. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and boxing. People yeah. die. People die boxing like frequently. Multiple people, multiple professional boxers die every year. Yeah. So, so, you know, we, we look at that and treat it like it's normal. But yeah. so anyway, just a couple of more things. Apparently, according to legend, the sport was invented by Genghis Khan. I don't think that's factually true, but that's the, that's the we legend. Need, we need Bill and Ted to to find that out <laughs> sure. for us. I could see that Genghis Khan. You know, he'd run around uh, sporting good stories. Yeah. He could he could drop uh, a goat into a circle like the best of them. Yes. I'm sure. Uh, Okay, horses are trained to bite opposing players. <laughs> Man, <laughs> it's just, this is a rough sport. Uh, and even the horses are violent. And then uh, both teams, after the match, will get together and feast on the goats. On the, oh. the, Nothing goes wasted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a, bun- there's a lot of information in the NPR article. Like, they followed two particular players and, like, followed, the, like, you know, like the biggest players in the Hoop sport. dreams? Kind of, yeah. I mean, apparently these guys... Make a decent amount of money, you know, by by Afghan standards. So, the last article of the uh, of the NPR article I just want to read, and then we can move on. But says, a lot has changed in Afghanistan, but not Bujkashi, at least not really. Yet at the end of a grueling two-hour game, the best Chepandazis, which I guess is what you call someone who plays the sport, Chepandazis take their American money, descend from their horses, remove their traditional coats, and drive away in their luxury cars. <laughs> so, you know, some sport, professional sports is some the same. Some are universal. <laughs> yeah, all over the globe. These guys are you know, driving away in their, uh, their luxury cars. Uh, so anyway, it's some information I, on the sports. That, I imagine not only driving away in luxury cars, they probably speak in the third person as well. I'm o- I always think of right. Leon from the Budweiser commercials back in the early 2000s. Yeah, absolutely. 
the, the best athletes in the world, whatever the sport is, they're going to have a big head no matter what the, what the sport is. All right. All right, let's move on to the body count. Yes. All right. This movie, we only killed 48 people compared to the last one where we killed 119. So I think this segment is pretty self-explanatory, and it is also the thesis of the podcast. Yep. We're tracking Sylvester Stallone's body count and comparing it to Arnold Schwarzenegger's, who we had previously covered on this podcast. So, okay, I broke, I broke the, bo- the body count into sequences. I did the same thing, and then I broke it down into Team Rambo, Rambo, and the Soviets. Okay. Uh, well, I don't. I don't think my numbers are accurate, so I'm going to be very interested. in This yours. is a tough one. I mean, I, I I'm curious to know what the internet said, like you said earlier. So. Oh, it was well over 200. Oh, there's no way. I'm I'm very I'm way lower than that. So am I. Okay, then I don't feel bad. I was way lower. I'm like, man, this podcast is a very particular way of counting, and I'm sure we're. I doubt we're going to have the exact same number because it was just so oh, tough. It was there was a lot. It was a lot, and there's a lot of ambiguity. Like there's a part. Uh, I forget what's, when it happens, but there's a truck driving out of the base, and Rambo blows it up with a rocket launcher. Oh, yeah, and then and it's eventually like, that, that tr- truck gets pushed over. Right. I did count. I counted at least one on that one. I counted. There had to be a driver. Yes, that's exactly. See, so I think you and I are going to have yeah. similar criteria. But it, it, in logically, it doesn't make sense because it was a troop carrier. So logically, sure. there should be a bunch of troops in the back. But when you see it explode, of course, there's nobody back there because it's a real explosion, not CGI. The internet does not have the... Is not, Applying the same level of scrutiny. The, 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 we only count confirmed kills all right, all we, right. that we can see on screen. Then you we're, we're going to be pretty close. So do you want to go so. by segment or you just want to do the totals? Let's go by segment. That way, if we're off, we'll know where we're off. All right. So first of all is the Troutman ambush. I call it, yes, Troutman's team, but yeah. yes. Uh, I've got seven in this sequence. That's what I've got, and I had three explosions in that because I was counting <laughs> okay. explosions as well. Yes, please. Let's, let's make sure we cover that. All right. Uh, next is the village attack. Yes, I, I, during the the game, just after the or during basically yeah, the game. The game is interrupted by yes. by helicopters swooping in. There, there's a lot more of both in this sequence of explosions. Yeah, explosions. <laughs> I can't even and imagine. Bodies. So I've got 24 for the body count. Okay, I was a little bit higher. I had on the Soviet side. So they're, they're kills, basically. Right. That's most of this. Yes. I had 29, so I might have been off. A I did get uh, two for John Rambo in this sequence. Yep, I have two for John Rambo in the sequence also. And explosions, I have 41 for the <laughs> Soviets. Wow. And I had one for John Rambo. Sure. Yeah, he, he managed to blow up uh, that helicopter. Yes. I will say, you know, I know the ti- at the time there's no way to do this like, realistically, but I, there's one movie pet peeve. We never really talked about it. I didn't make a note of it. But in that sequence, helicopter's flying at Rambo. Rambo blows up the helicopter. The explosion is perfectly still. You know, the, 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 the wreckage should be coming at him and crash yeah. on top of him. The momentum, yeah. right? Inertia. That rocket's not going to slow that. You know, it's, it's going <laughs> to blow up and come towards him. Keep, yeah. Continue towards it him. It always goes out. It doesn't go forward. Well, because whatever they actually blew up, some model or something, they're just hanging it from a wire and they blew it up. So it's always, yeah. the explosion is always totally stationary and it kind of bugs me. But yeah. it's 1988 special effects. What are you going to do? They're not actually going to blow up a helicopter for real. No. Most of these effects are real, but they're not, you know, that stuff. It's some model or something. Yeah. Uh, okay, next sequence. The base break-in. Yes. Rambo's failed rescue, I called it. So this I, is where Rambo really starts doing some work. Oh, yeah. I've got 30 total. Uh, okay, so I had... Ooh, I'm very close. I had 31 total. Okay. Uh, I didn't number per sequence for Rambo, but I think only one, two, three, four... Only four were not him, I think. All right, so I had two on the Soviet side. One was an execution. I've got three. 
All right, so I'm off there. I had because tw- I have two executions. I've got one guy electrocuted and one guy killed by firing squad. Maybe you didn't count the electrocution as dead. Maybe it's not confirmed. It might be. I, that might be the difference. So I had two there for Rambo. I had 28, and then for Team Rambo, this is probably Troutman. Or no, maybe maybe it's, no, it's uh, Musa. Musa. Yeah, uh, had one for him. Yep. He okay. took a long time to. There were a lot of sequences of shots of him sneaking around, like. Right. When are you going to get to the fireworks factor? You got to chip in here, yeah. man. I mean, he does more. He, he later on, he does kick chip in more. I, I think he only has two total for the movie, but that's more than anybody else on Team Rambo other than Troutman. Other than Troutman, yeah. Uh, okay, so that that all sounds like it matches and what I've got. So then, just quickly, I had on the explosion side three for the Soviet side, twenty one for Rambo. And one of those I counted. Uh, gunfire explosion of him cauterizing his wound. That that one was a little bit of a generous one. You could take that one off. It's an explosion. I mean, it's they're, this movie is trying to put on the fireworks show, and that's part of it, yeah. so I think that counts. So it's a Roman candle as opposed to yes. the, the full-on fireworks. So another sequence of a lot of explosions. Sure, that's a lot of C4s planted, so it makes sense. Yes. All right, next is Rambo's successful rescue. Yes, the Troutman rescue. Yeah, I have 12 total here. Uh, let's see, I had one for the Soviets. I had three for John Rambo, four for Team Rambo. So I got Team Rambo outperforming John Rambo in this one. Oh, I have. So I only had eight total. So I must be light on that. I don't have anything for Team Rambo here. What? Who? Because Rambo's the one shooting the guns, except for Tra- I, I've, I've got nothing but uh, Rambo and Troutman here. Because it wasn't Troutman shooting the the turret off of the helicopter. Not not initially. Oh really? Initially, there's a one of the prisoners he gets i think two guys then he's killed by the soviets and right. troutman goes take my hand and of course you know that guy's yeah. toast uh and then troutman takes over so no that that guy got two before troutman took over the gun oh see i've got six for rambo five for troutman and then that soviet guard killing the guy who falls off All the right. helicopter but hey your number is going to be the official one so we'll, we'll go with you well i mean these numbers are provisional until the season recap, so if we need to revisit and, and right. correct, we can do that at the end of the season. But yeah, I've got well, I've got next snap, knife in the back when he's rescuing Troutman. Yep. And then I've got four Rambo killing four tower guards from the helicopter. You only have two there? For some reason, I thought I had the helicopter. Because he fires machine guns until it kills two guys, and then he fires a rocket. And blows up the tower. I thought there were only two guards in that tower, so that that's probably why I'm. I'm now blind. I remember. You see four. The two guys get shot up. Oh, then then the tower blows up. You don't see the other two guys, but that's I, I assume that they died. No, that's why I'm off. Okay, so that's that's debatable because no, I think you're right. No, because I, the, I, the model shot where the the tower blows up, you don't see any people. They didn't do the commando thing of putting like little little dummies on sticks. I still love that. The, commando. Yeah, the Rambo series doesn't do that. They just blow up the thing. And, and speaking let, of blowing up, uh, I've got one explosion and uh, for the Soviets, two for Rambo. So not as many in this one, but we've got some more coming here soon. Yeah, this this rescue is very quick and easy, all things considered. Like <laughs> the sequence where Troutman is actually rescued, it's it's very very quick. All right, so now we're in the caves. John Rambo's doing putting in some more work. Yep, I've got fourteen total. I've got to scroll up and down because I've got my one by ones. Yeah, I'm, I'm off by one, so I've got twelve for Rambo here, and I've got one for Team Rambo, and that was Troutman. Oh, you know what? I think your number is right because I think I counted the the henchman twice. Yes. I was counting, I countered him, and then I went, oh, he's still alive, and I forgot to take him Take back. him off. No, and I, I wasn't sure, and my second time through, I'm like, oh, no, that is the same guy that winds up up top. 
So I this I, one is right. I'm gonna I'm to the point where I'm gonna amend my numbers. All right. Well then, I, while you're doing that, I'm gonna go ahead and give the explosion count. The Soviets get one more explosion here, but John Rambo gets five, and one is with an arrow. So that I feel like is an even more noteworthy explosion. He kills a guy with a grenade, right? He, he was a little trap at the blue lights, and he's got he that. Kills but, a guy with a knife, right? A bunch of stuff. Yeah, but there's an explosion in here. This is this is the sequence you get the. The the helicopter gets blown up with the oh sorry I thought we were still in the caves okay yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so so six total explosions there and now we've got the final showdown which actually there's not as ma- at least I didn't count as many as I thought there was going to be yeah it's mostly guys on horseback versus guys on foot there's the one tank and a couple of jeeps and a helicopter and there's a lot of explosions but it doesn't actually look like a lot of people are falling during those explosions no yeah I agree. I mean, it's obviously for safety's sake, but yeah, you know, I, I do understand. A lot, a lot of movies will show an explosion and then cut to guys being like, "Ah!" and right. you go, "Okay, they're dead." Like the, you know, that that cinematic language for the explosion got them. Yeah. But yeah, this movie doesn't do that much. All right, so I had nine on the Soviet side. Rambo wrecked shop with twenty, and Team Rambo did a little bit more work on this one. They wound up with six, so thirty-five total. Yes, I've, that's what, yeah, I have thirty-five. Also, oh, I don't, I don't have right. I don't have that breakdown, but that sounds you know like all right. The number is the same, so I'm. Gonna it sounds assume. like we're going to be close then. On the explosions, the Soviets had a lot of firepower because they wound up with sixteen, which is pretty amazing. They they generated sixteen explosions, but there were only nine bodies, so they were very inefficient sure. with their munitions. You know, the, the Mujahideen was very good at dodging those explosions. <laughs> it's all that uh, all the goat game they were playing. Probably. I already forgot the name. Uh, so then on Rambo's side, he had nine explosions but 20 bodies, so he was very efficient sure. with his munitions. <laughs> of course. It's all uh, that training. And then Team Rambo had three explosions, and they were pretty efficient, too, because they six bodies for their three explosions. So really, the Soviets were just incompetent. Okay, I don't know if I have that many uh, Team Rambo kills. Kills? I had at least one mortar kill. I remember that. Yeah, and I thought there were like two, there were a couple of guys I think the mortar kill got. Okay, I have Musa killing a guy. I've got the mortar. So, yeah, I think the total bodies... Troutman gets another one or two in this sequence, too, I yeah, think. Yeah, he gets, he gets a couple. I've got two or three. All right, so what, what do you have, then, for the totals? So here are my totals. I'm scrolling back up. I have a huge list of every kill one by one, so i got to scroll through a lot. You've got me beat. I just put tick marks for each one. <laughs> okay, I try to document as best I can. Uh, okay, so the total has now changed. I've taken one away from Rambo and one away from the total because I counted that guy twice. So total body count, what I have is 121. Oh, man, I have more. I have 145. Okay, yeah, it sounded like... Uh, I think Team Rambo, maybe I'm a little higher than you. In the, yeah. in, well, let's see. What do you have for Rambo? Because that's what really matters. So for Rambo, I have 68. Oh, man, I'm way higher. I have 82 for John Rambo. Okay. So that's the difference right there. Yeah, we're going to have to vet this in some way. This is the first time in a long time we've had this problem. All the ones and zeros we had for, for movie well, after yes, movie. And so that's true. Suddenly, well, normally we're pretty close, too, on most, most movies. But this one's tough because yeah. there's a lot of explosions and it's tough to know. It's, there's not a lot of clarity to like, what's happening, unfortunately. It's just, it's a lot, the, the action scenes are kind of mushy in that way. I'm just like, I don't know. That's people true. are dying. So people are shooting people. It's not, it's well, not like... E- either way, if you go out and look, I'm pretty sure that when I looked, the Internet's official number that I could find was well over 200. And there's no way I could get to that number. Yeah, I, I can't imagine where that's coming from. That doesn't sound right to me. But I also... I was a little higher because I saw... That's what gave me the idea. Somebody else had put up a number for explosions. I'm higher than them on the explosions. They had something in the 80s. I was at 93 explosions. Sure. <laughs> I guess it depends on how you define... Some of them, you know, I think it was 
it was the same. It was a different camera angle, and I just didn't take the time to yeah. realize that that was the same explosion. So. Exactly, and that that can happen with the body count too. Or yeah. I, I definitely remember one guy uh, when Troutman is finally being rescued. He like falls over a railing. You see it happen twice. Like Rambo shoots a bunch of guys, and they all fall. I think then, I know the sequence you're talking cut about. Cut to the guy falling over the railing. Is that a new guy? It's like no, that same guy man. is the same guy. But regardless, uh, this is a pretty high body count. Where even oh, yeah. even my number is pretty high. So, so. Uh, yeah, how does that have uh, an impact here on our overall total? So okay, so Arnold Schwarzenegger's average body count was fourteen point seven six. Stallone's total body count, according to my number, which is we're going with. Yeah, I mean, for now, these are provisional numbers. What are we going to do? We're going to sit down together and vet it. Like I, I don't know what the solution Probably is. But extreme vetting. We're pretty far apart, which makes me think we got to revisit it at some point. All right. But yeah, so Stolen's total body count has gone up from 285. He's now at 353. Uh, and his average body count has gone up from 10.18 to 12.17. <laughs> the Rambo movies certainly moved the needle. Yeah, a full two-point jump. 1.99 now, but still. <laughs> That moved the needle more than any other movie so far, including Rambo 2. Rambo 2, he went from looking at the numbers there. He went from 8.73 to 10.55, so <laughs> 1.8 or so. Yeah, a full two points is a lot for one movie to push for the needle. What you've told me is the next one is going to be even more. Oh, yeah. This is nothing compared to Rambo 4. We're going to have 10 times the problem with the body count. There's no way we're going to have the same number or even close in Rambo 4. That's, that's going to be a tough one. All right. But um, it'll also be, uh, that's my second favorite Rambo movie thus far, so I'm looking forward to that. But it'll be a while because we're at the start of this season. Yes, there's a long road ahead we've of We've got us. a lot of movies to cover before we can get to Rambo 4. So, All okay, right. I want to cover just very briefly, anytime there's a, a movie that is in the top 10 of individual performances... I want to make sure we amend the top 10. So as of now, Rambo 3, regardless of whether it's your number or my number, this is the third most individual performance of any movie we've covered. Escape Plan 2 is first, alone at 109, then Commando, Arnold is 99, and then Rambo 3, whether it's 68 or what did you have, 82? Uh, Yes, 82. Yeah, so either way, it's third. And it is only counting, we are not including Michael Rooker and Yondu. No, I mean just between Stallone and Arnold. Yeah, yeah he Arnold. he has the lead. I forget what the, his number was. It was so high. It was, like, it was over a hundred. Yes, it was well over. It, it was over hundred nine, which is the leader right now. So I think that that fair enough. Yeah, make sure we remember to mention that every time as the asterisk <laughs> because yeah, I guess if we're counting him, he's number one, which pushes Rambo three to number four. But uh, no, that, this is the subject matter is Schwarzenegger and Stallone for now, so those are the real ones. Yeah, and as far as total body counts, Rambo 3 is number 5 after the three Expendables movies, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, after those four. So this is number 5. Alright. So, uh, yeah, that's the body count. It's time for the easy award. (laughs) Yep. Let's, uh... Fire up the Wrecking Crew award. Yeah, I gotta... I I had to switch to a different computer to pull... to change my stats. Because I had to make an amendment. Give me a minute. <laughs> All right, here we go. Outstanding achievement explosion! Caused an explosion. It's very appropriate in this movie that I counted the explosions. <laughs> yes, they caused a lot of explosions. Very, many, many explosions. Many. I, I, we've said this before. This award effectively would be named after John Rambo, so it's going to be John Rambo every movie. I think in this movie he has the most competition because that Russian colonel kills like 30 people, yeah. which is not nothing. But 
Which is more than almost every other Stallone movie, period. It's true, but here's the thing. John Rambo has such a reputation, a helicopter pilot knows he's dead yep. with a bow and arrow. Sure. I mean, but maybe he, he was just startled. It's like if an eagle or like a, if, like a, <laughs> if, a, if a rabbit had jumped out from the, you know, he would have been like, ah. Maybe he wasn't actually and just a, a regular prick. rabbit, not like the Donnie Darko rabbit, like a regular no, rabbit. Just like a, I don't even know if rabbits are in Afghanistan. It's, you know, some some animal. <laughs> he was just startled, you know. I like that idea, but come on, you know this award is John. It's Rambo's. John Rambo, of course. I'm just saying, uh, of all the Rambo movies, there are a lot of other people getting bodies on the body count as opposed to, well, First Blood only had one body on the body count, so. Right. But Rambo 2, he had, what, all but, like, nine of them? I think so, yeah. It was he had, like, very 58 out of 68 or something like that. Something like that, yeah. So there, there are other people getting some bodies here. So there's, there's, at least, there's a little bit of a competition. But that's, that's fair, but not much. It's still it's, John Rambo. It's John Rambo. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's rate the movie. Let's do it. Hey, hey what the hell are you doing? You're punching car accident victims. No, 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 you don't understand. He was bad-mouthing my film. Uh, this is the segment where we rate the movie based on opponents from Rocky movies, from Apollo Creed down to Spider Rico. Yep. And I'd just like to add that I now have actually seen the skit that this oh, yes. music sampler is, well, is, no, or it, intro is using. The, you've seen the where the audio where the dialogue is yes, from, the, but not the music. I still have I still don't know the music. That's no. coming, coming relatively soon. Okay. Uh, all right, so I'll I'll let you open. I'm I'm curious where I know you like this movie far better than me. I'm curious of how much you like this movie. Yeah, I was actually. I mean, you would have been really mad at me if I'd given it Apollo Creed. So uh, I would have been furious. I'm glad I didn't do that because. But I was kind of toying with the idea because you know this this scale is loose. I always say it's not necessarily saying every okay. movie of particular rating is the same quality as you know. That's so, that's true. It's clear that you didn't like this movie, and uh, I I'm I'm bummed that. You know, you didn't share my, you know, even if it's a lukewarm enthusiasm, I I think Rambo 3 manages to find a nice balance between First Blood and Rambo 2 in terms of the way it portrays the character and the tone of the movie. It's obviously propaganda to a degree that is ridiculous, uh, you know, and the, the historical context does not help it. But I think it's a relatively effective and somewhat enjoyable action movie. If it was not a Rambo movie, it would probably be pretty forgettable. But in the context of the Rambo series, I think it's pretty good. I get to give it a clever lang. All right. So I figured if it would have been an Apollo Creed, I would have been furious. Thought about it. Um, I I didn't have to think much. My first time through, I was I typed it out. I said, oh, well, we'll see the second time through. But th- this was a Tommy gun to me. They're just... The historical context, I never could really get past sure. that it doesn't hold up well. But I think the biggest factor for me is that it, you may be right that if I went and timed it, it may not actually be two-thirds of the movie. But it felt like to me two-thirds of the movie was just straightforward action sequences. And there wasn't – and I, I understand that the Rambo franchise kind of became this. But First Blood, that, that's a movie that I can watch – multiple times this there's no way i mean so it's just there's not a lot for me to like in this one so that's why i I stuck with my tommy gun rating i mean you could argue that first blood is one long action sequence one long chase you know through the woods so that's kind of what i think people expect from a rambo movie is i guess but it's not explosion It, it it feels more visceral and more uh claustrophobic it feels more real this does this yeah. It feels like a cartoon, but it doesn't, other than well done, it doesn't have, and there's a Looney Tunes type 
you know, kill of the, the, the one that you like. I, there are some moments that did make me smile. So it's, it's not, it's not a spider Rico and I don't even think it's close to that, yeah. but it's just, it's not a, it's not a repeat viewing movie and there's not a lot of quality to it. I think, I think the fact story wise, that, that's unfair. The, the production value and the, the stunts and some of the action sequences actually are very, very good. Yeah. But the story just isn't there enough to be compelling. Yeah, I guess like to me the fir- the the opening forty minutes, forty five minutes, whatever it is, which is kind of a slow burn, and it builds up anticipation for the endless action sequences that come after it. And I think that's enough to get me through it. Okay. It kind of front loads the story in the beginning, not just with Rambo and Troutman, but also with Rambo and those villagers, and you know all the the secondary characters, and you know the the, the Soviet colonel and Troutman and their relationship, and it's all it's all in the first 45 minutes to an hour and then yeah once once rambo ends up in that base from that point forward there is no more story I and mean, there really isn't <laughs> There's no story at so all. yeah i understand that criticism but it's an i just find it to be an interesting structure of like you know it's a, it's you know what the movie that most reminds me of strangely and this is first of all I, to be absolutely clear i'm not comparing them in terms of quality okay the movie i'm about to say is so much better than rambo 3 but it's kind of like aliens to me Aliens is a movie that has such a slow burn. Like the first, I don't know, like 70 minutes is very kind of slow paced and going to the planet and meeting all the characters and traveling there and reintroducing. I don't know the last time you saw Aliens. A long time. Um, You don't really encounter the aliens for a long time. And then once you do, it is nonstop action. Like, but that movie is super visceral and really like, you know, white knuckle the whole, the, the whole last hour or so. It is so intense in a way that Rambo Three is not. So I mean, and, but it structurally reminds me of Aliens in a way that maybe I. That's why I, I can kinda, understand kinda, that. But the thing I would comment is that on Aliens is that the stakes. Do you ever think that Troutman or Rambo are really in danger in this movie? No, no, not really. But even Alien, at the end, when it seems like <laughs> there's supposed to be a moment where they're facing their own death. Yeah, you know, it's like. But I, what I, do you want to do? Because I mean, it doesn't help that I know that there are later movies, so that does well, ruin it a little bit. Of but, course, but even still, you knew. If you had seen this in 1988, you would have also known that they were not going to die. <laughs> but that moment, yeah, you're right. That moment doesn't work where you know Troutman and Rambo are facing down this army, and the guys like surrender, throw down your guns, and Troutman's like, "What do you What do you want to do?" And he's just like, "F them." Like we're not surrendering. Let's go. Let's go out fighting. Let's. It's right. supposed to be this moment of. Um, I know this is gonna be another comparison to a movie that's way better, but like the end of Ghostbusters, where they're like, "Let's cross the streams. We'll, we'll certainly die, but we're See gonna on save- the other side. Exactly, right? we're gonna save the world, and we will yeah. sacrifice ourselves." That's supposed to be that kind of a moment of, "Well, well, let's just we're gonna die. Let's go out fighting. Let's take them with us." Nice working with you, Doctor Vangman. But you're right; it absolutely does not feel like they're going to their death. No. They're, they're, you know, he's John Rambo. Of course not. Yeah, I mean. It doesn't work. The last hour doesn't really work as well as it should. Yeah. But I like the first hour, and I think it's okay. All right. Well, now um, now it's my pick, and I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm very but, interested to hear where we're yeah, going. Yeah, so the... <laughs> you're obviously not into this movie. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know if your your uh, your demeanor is coming through, but your body language... Demeanor? And your, <laughs> I've never seen you more like... This whole episode, I just need to tell the listeners, like, Mike has just been like, uh, just like you're, you're leaning back and like the whole the whole thing is like it feels like you're waiting for a firing squad over there. So, <laughs> well, I, I, I hope you pick something that is more to your taste because I'm sorry I picked it if you no, disliked it this much. I'm not. I'm I have everything open to me but Rambo, and 
I feel like I'm gravitated towards this category, so I wanted to. I just immediately jumped into it. Wh- which category yeah. do you think that I'm picking? The from? primetime action, of course. No, no. Oh, okay, see, I, strategically, I thought <laughs> I, I was going to pick primetime action because you picked from that so far both times. And I thought if I don't pick that, I'm never going to get a chance to pick from that category. But then I, I wanted to do Rambo in part because Rambo Five was coming out. I said, I, you'll never pick Rambo. I'm going to pick Rambo. That's so I'm glad you're not picking Prime Time Action, because I almost picked it just to keep you from picking it. For spite? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, so no, I decided not to go there, and it was mostly because I didn't want to necessarily burn what might be... And I didn't know what Rambo 3... I knew you liked Rambo 3, and right. I didn't want to necessarily... It could get lean later in this season if oh, we're sure. using some of our best cards. Let's so. not front load all the action movies. Yeah, so sure. I decided this is probably a mistake, but I decided to go to my next favorite, which is Silly Stallone. Okay, oh... Not even comedy. I thought you were going to go for a comedy. Okay, no, I decided to go to Silly Stallone, and I went back and forth, I'll admit. Both of them I was interested in picking. The break point wound up being, which one am I more likely to not be able to find at a later date that I can find today? <laughs> That's always your criteria, is it personal is. convenience. So what is left <laughs> fair is enough. Judge Dredd and Spy Kids 3D Game Over. And I deci- have decided to select... Spy Kids 3D Game Over. Wow, I could not have predicted that. That'll be a tonal shift from Rambo 3. <laughs> yes, and it's going to, I'm sure, I, I shouldn't say I'm sure, but I have to be, I'm nearly certain that all of the progress that Rambo has just made in that, that average is going to be wiped out and negated with Spy Kids 3D Game Pro- Over. Yeah, probably. It's a kid's movie. I can't imagine he's yeah. slaughtering anybody in that no. movie, but uh, I've seen bits and pieces of that on TV. I don't know anything about it. Okay, I won't, I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut from what I've seen. At any point in time, does it? did you see it say, put 3D glasses on now? <laughs> I mean, that's actually an interesting question, is do we have an obligation to seek it out in 3D or not? Because uh, I don't have a 3D a, TV. It's so. intent- no, neither do I. But I, Spike is 3D. is before the 3D... Revival. TVs, this yeah. is that was like red and blue glasses. You know, that's that's not using advanced 3D. That's like the old fashioned 3D. I think that's a oh, kind of, oh, it's it's yes, it uh, is we've really got old. There, it's 2003. So that's before the modern like uh, what do you call it? The 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 modern type of 3D where yeah. you don't have the red and the blue. I wonder if the library has one with 3D glasses. <laughs> They're I wouldn't included be that surprised. inside it. I wouldn't be that surprised. Well, I'm probably going to get it from the library, so I'll let you know. Okay, if it's so, let me know if it's 3D because then I will. I Put will the stupid do- glasses on. Yeah, I want to see it in 3D if possible. That's the way it was intended to be seen. So I'm. I feel like I've accomplished something. This prop. This sounds like that it was a pretty big surprise to you. It is. Other than it's it's another third movie in a series, so at least there's that connection. And, and let me just say, after having now watched that Saturday Night Live and knowing where that's, that skit with Will Ferrell is, mm-hmm. I had it in my head when I was going back and forth. Norm MacDonald, Judge Dredd. So it was very difficult not to go with Judge Dredd. I don't remember if he even mentions D- yes, Judge Dredd, does he? He does. Okay, I'd have to go back and rewatch it. Yeah. So, uh, so we're going to do Spy Kids 3D, game uh, over. Uh, you know, I was planning to pick Judge Dredd this season, so it's kind of a bummer that you're blocking me oh, out of it. You're, yeah, you're locked out. I, I'm... I, I'm kind of excited to rewatch Judge Dredd, so I, it'll be a while now, but I... I was too. too. I was just... I've seen... Because I actually will go and look to see when the 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 old stuff that they have at the library of Stallone, if it gets checked out, and somebody checked out Judge Dredd like two weeks ago. Sure. So I'm like, that one is less likely. Spy Kids 3D Game Over. It's been a long time. I'm like, oh man, I need to choose this one because I'm sure they're going to dump this soon. Yeah, who remembers the Spy Kids movies? 
I mean, I guess that was not for us. It was aimed at a generation after us. So it maybe wasn't, there's but the some... generation after us, now the generation after that generation, they're just watching YouTube videos. They're not watching oh, stuff sure, like yeah. that. And, and, and uh, I, I have no idea if people have any affection for the Spy Kids movies, you know, people in their 30s and late 20s, like whoever so we might been. we might be offending people. I'm going to be, I'll approach it with an open mind. I know I saw the first Spy Kids a long time ago. Really? Yeah. Wow. I caught it on TV. Never saw anyone. I mean, I, I remember thinking, like, this is not for me. Like, that was basically my, my whole reaction to it was just like, I don't get this. So, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I do remember, um, what's his name? Machete. Uh, what's that actor's name? From the, the actor with the, the, he's in a million movies. Danny Trejo? Danny Trejo. He's in Spy Kids? He was in the first one. I have no idea he's in the third one. But I remember seeing him in, in Spy Kids. I mean, I guess it's got to be Robert Rodriguez. That's the reason why. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing. I remember being pleased that he, to see him in Spy Kids. I remember him being an oasis of like, oh, I oh, like Danny Trejo. This Could, is I, something. This is a remember, colonel. Couldn't remember his name, but I do like him. <laughs> All right. Well, if you've enjoyed the show, please like us on your podcast app of choice, uh, and maybe write us a favorable review or tweet at us at Arms Race Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, and I will come in to watching Spy Kids 3D with more enthusiasm than Mike had for Rambo Three. Oh, but. please. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, it's, to- it's a Tommy gun. No, it's fine. I understand. I, I've, I'm sure I've been like that on previous episodes. Um, anyway, yeah, if you like the show and you know someone else who might like the show, tell them about the show. That word of mouth would help us quite a bit. So, Always does. Yeah, so we'll be back with Spy Kids 3D colon game over. The road is long with me. Many-